This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TAKESTHATCHANCE10. Jetson's there, Billy Head! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is! Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town! Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance. Welcome to episode 106 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. So if you forgive me for a moment, I'm just going to indulge in a little bit of dramatic reading for you guys uh, in uh, uh, just for someone uh, we think is quite special. So on the 11th of May 2021, Huddersfield Town announced that after five years, 184 appearances and five goals, that club captain Christopher Schindler will be moving on. The last man standing of the raft of David Wagner signings that got us to the promised land. Christopher Schindler, an imperious defender, a captain, a leader, a talisman, a key component of the maligned, disregarded and disrespected players that scaled the heights of an ever-augmenting mountain driven from the back by handsome German precision and technical excellence. One who battled those attempting to pull us back down to where they saw us fit. A man who rose above all others composed and poised when he had the dreams of 38,000 people on the end of his right foot and never shirked nor relented, thus naming this podcast. A man that helped smash a glass ceiling we thought impregnable 
and let us dream of a happiness not seen for 45 years. A man who flourished in his elevated settings and sat above his peers as the man for two seasons in those surroundings. He gave every ounce of energy, every bead of sweat, blood and any other football cliche you can lavish upon him. Back in 2016, Christopher Schindler walked into Huddersfield Town as an unknown. But in 2021, leaves this football club and this town as a hero, a favourite, a giant and a legend. Yeah, Christopher Schindler, this guy. All right, lads. Nice, that, Matt. Nice work. Uh, yeah, so joining me this week uh, on this episode, we have a bunch of sad on many levels, uh, weepy men all over 30 years of age, fawning over a footballer, amongst other things. <laughs> uh, joining me, Matt Shaw, we have uh, we don't have right now a tearful Phil Senior. He is somewhere at cricket, so hopefully Phil joins us at some point. Uh, the poignancy of Dan Porritt and the lament of Simon Copland. Are you all right, guys? Very well, thank you, Matt. Yeah, yeah, all good. Let me just mute that going on. So welcome to everybody on uh, online as well. Uh, Dale Marsden, good evening, mate. Uh, Terry N72, Mike, Terry MD, uh, Mick Henry, Julian, Nathan Mallinson. Uh, good evening, everyone. 30, 30 people watching. Have a chat in the in the chat box and, and let us know about uh, Reading, first of all. Uh, We'll probably not spend too long on this, I would imagine. Uh, it's a game that nobody really wanted to uh, to watch, really. It was the, the the Sheffield Wednesday game. We were all quite keen, wasn't it, on uh, on watching. Uh, so, in and amongst Schindler leaving, uh, the retained list, a new contract for Campbell. Uh, there was this unbelievable, unbelievably, this game of football. Um, I think there's no better way to start off this podcast, really, than a, a quick blow of... Um, the old conch. The Joscaroma conch. That's enough of that. What a free kick. That's Reading, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, what a free kick, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that, is that the review? That, that'll do. That'll do, yeah. But let's just talk about the free kick. Josh Caroma bangs that one in the top corner. Um, great work from Scott High before when he was the man brought down. And Josh Caroma, he's got... They're almost like it's a mix of feather and concrete in those boots, isn't it? You know, his touch is great. And then when he wants to just side foot it, you know, with a lot of power, bang, in the top corner it goes. Great free kick. Put himself out there as the the uh, the top scorer out on his own for the season. Great goal, guys, yeah. Fantastic goal. Um, obviously, CM Pegs has scored a few free kicks this season. Um, and he was on the pitch, so he wanted to step up and take it. But... Um, yeah, couldn't have been placed better. Um, kind of lost power in it as well. Great free kick. Hope to see many more next season. Short and sweet. Oz? Yeah, I really love it on that, really. Like I said, some decent work from Scott. I build up. It just hit post, didn't it, just before. Quite mm. unlucky not to uh, not to, to get a goal there. Um, but yeah, Karoma steps up and it's nice to, nice to have an option from a free kick, isn't it? It's something we, we don't really have in abundance at Huddersfield Town. For, well, for many years, really. Well, you know, Benzer, he's he's mm. got like three or four under his belt, but we don't really have a. I'm trying to think of it. It's a, not like a, you know, you get a free kick 25 yards out, though. You're not sort of thinking, oh, we've got a chance here, right? Or generally not, anyway. But we're nice to see him uh, potentially yeah. cap his game off with a goal as well. It's nice as well to see Scott High looking, you know, starting. You know, initially when you threw him in, you thought, okay, I understand that. You know, you want to see one or two of the younger 
younger players in a in a, a game which is essentially a dead rubber, isn't it? So Scott High, I thought he showed some really good energy. I know Redding are probably on the beach, you know, pina coladas and you know sandals on, flip flops, putting the <laughs> put the towels. Down. It's it's all all good, um, but I thought he he started the game. You know, put that aside, I thought Scott High showed a lot of promise in that first half, and you know he's. He showed himself there. You can you can see the makings of a good footballer, a good number eight. You know he he showed great energy. You know he was pressing well, and and his passing his passing range is really decent. And he got forward, and you can see he's got good technique behind him as well with the way he hit that shot. Um, there's a potential breakout player there next season, isn't there? And you know you can see why the club rate him highly from that performance. Pause. Sai, one of you. <laughs> I was to say, yeah, I completely agree, Matt. Um, I think the thing, sorry, I echo everything you say about his performance on the pitch. What I really liked was his post-match interview, actually, um, and the way he spoke. Um, he, for someone quite young, he comes across really well, really sensible, level-headed guy. Um, you kind of sense, without knowing him personally, that he'll be the first one in training, kind of when the pre-season kicks off, and it'll be really challenging himself and pushing himself to hold down a kind of first team squad place next season. Um, based on everything I've seen so far, I certainly hope he does. Appreciate you want to talk about Scott High, but I think my only frustration a little bit with with the Reading game was that we perhaps didn't see two or three more kids. Um, I'm not necessarily clamouring for Millwall away the last game of last season where we got pumped, I think 5-1 was it, and lots of kids played. Scott High himself actually played that day, if I remember right. Um but I would have probably liked to have seen Diara perhaps come off the bench. Let's let's kind of see if they are kind of at this level right now, the potential to be at this level, rather than, dare I say it, another kind of, uh, what was it, 70 minutes from Richard, 90 minutes from Richard Keogh wasn't quite what I had in mind. Mm, we'll talk about that. Uh, Mr Keogh a little, a little bit later on. Uh, pause, that penalty was complete bollocks, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean... It's just to be blunt, yeah. Ref's just sort of giving it for the sake there, I think. It were it won it won apparently for me. Um but you know, he's taken it and he's scored and it kind of just rejuvenated Reading a little bit, didn't it? They scored again not long after that. And when he went to two one, you're thinking, you know, we're in here for another defeat, but Edmunds Green pops up with uh, must have paid someone fifty quid to that keeper to let that in because wow. I think we've had some bad keepers at town over the last few years. I mean that was a bit of a, a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? But you know, to all you take it, it's a you're finishing on an away point rather than a loss. So you know, let's focus on the positive guys. And you know, we came back from two one down, and you know, yeah, I was going to ask Phil. Can't about really say much more, can you? Because I don't really care to be honest. No, no. If Phil, I've got to say, if Phil was on. I'd have asked him about um, the goal they scored. You know, the, the cross comes in, no one really blocks the cross. There's three players stood there, not one jumps with. Uh, Maite was quite a big guy anyway, and he, he loops the header. And for us, for us short goalkeepers like me and Phil, that's the absolute nightmare shot. Is that where you you five and Simon as well? You're a goalkeeper, you but you're I think you are you six foot Si? Are you touching on a good day? On a good day with some yeah. <laughs> but those are the nightmare shots, aren't they? The ones that loop, the ones that are about fifteen feet above your head. You know, when, as it's at you, and then you turn around and it's like there. You know, what I mean, those are the those are the absolute ones where everyone looks at you and goes, "What's going on?" But in re- reality. The ball's way up yonder, and it's not the easiest uh, easiest shot to save, is it? No, I must admit, I think I give Scofield a bit of grief on our on our little WhatsApp group during game. But having watched it back, like you say, Matt, it just loops, doesn't it? And yeah. the trajectory of it is basically straight up and down. And 
it's a good from, uh, uh, first look, you think, you know, should be doing better there. But like you say, by the time it reaches any sort of flailing limbs, it's probably three or four foot above him and it just it just drops in corner. I mean, but, it didn't it didn't look like he had a handle of it. You know, that's another thing. But to be fair, even if he did, you know, he's not, probably not saving that in with a stepladder. I, I mean, Matt, it's quite an easy conclusion to come to, isn't it? Kind of, we all know Schofield struggled under the high ball this season. Um it's quite clear what his strengths and kind of weaknesses are as a goalkeeper. And when we concede a goal in the way we do, you automatically look to point the finger at him. I thought as he moved across his line, he might have got a touch too close to his near post. If you kind of look um, yeah, that's the, at the kind of clip from behind the goal, he's kind of he's really almost on his near post. And I wonder if he goes slightly too far. But at the same time, he's a really, really good header, actually. And um Maybe we should have done more defensively at the back post, but sometimes perhaps you've got to hold your hands up and go, is what it is. Yeah, I think that. And I think that's probably what they'll say about our second goal as well. Good ball from Bakuna on the on the left foot, which seemed to take out most of the Ren defence. I don't think they expected it. I don't think we expected it. Um, decent ball. And Romani Edmonds-Green just kind of looks up and, and goes, there's not a lot on here and, and slots it, side foots it. And I thought, yeah, uh, the goalkeeper Southwood probably isn't going to be happy with that. But I thought what was great about that moment was the, the look on everybody's face around around Romani Edmonds-Green. There was Josh Caroma pretty much in stitches. They, they were all uh, jumping on him, uh, you know, and really happy for him. And it showed that, you know, there's perhaps some character there that we thought maybe wasn't. And maybe Romani Edmonds-Green is going to be uh, one of the next uh, sets of characters to to flourish and come through at the football club. Uh, you know, that's what we hope anyway, Poz. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, you know, he spoke about disengagement with, with players. Um you know, certain players not mixing well with the group and sort of causing problems and stuff like that. But, you know, it was nice to see and it were, it were good to see a little bit of togetherness, if not, you know, it seemed a little bit bantery and, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, is the Teddy Spirit coming back? Who knows? Um, it got us through when we started doing well. So if that's creeping back in and there's some young lads in there that can bring a bit of energy and a bit of enthusiasm back with stuff like that, then, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm just having a look now because I, I can't be bothered talking about the Reading game anymore. I think that's done and dusted. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot really to say. Dead rubber, true to all. Happy days, move on. Well, not happy days, but just days, move on. Uh, yeah, so just, I'm just going to have a look in the the YouTube chat. There's quite a lot going on here. So 50 people watching. Hi, everybody who's in there. Uh, let's pick some out. So there's a lot of people talking about Schindler, and we'll come on to Schindler next, actually. Uh, so a lot. <laughs> there's one here. So where is that? So... Let me look. This is the problem with doing it live and having really bad eyesight. Pause, I'd ask you, but you're looking on your phone as well, aren't you? So your eyesight will be even worse. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple asking about uh, the likes of Ward Roads and Campbell as a strike force and uh, a problem with Keo, et cetera. And we'll come on to those. They are they will be covered. Uh, don't worry about that. So uh, Dan Ham says the club needs to do two things in these next few weeks to keep the fan base on side. Publish the accounts uh, and uh, announce some statement signings. Uh, I think we'd all probably agree with that as well. And there was one about Scott High in here that I saw and everything's just jumped back into place, uh, which mentioned that, I can't remember who said it, but it was along the lines of Scott High. It's very it's very well putting him in for this one game, but there's no point then dropping him back and then bringing him on at 60 minutes when we're 2-0 down against somebody. And, you know, you agree, I agree with that as well. Scott High, you know, when he plays, he's got to keep the shirt and play. And the, the problem is when it's a young player, they will make mistakes and there will be difficult periods, but you've got to stick with them to get the best out of them or, or know when to drop them in and out. So, yeah, so that's a, a good tweet. So, uh, yeah, lots of chat going on in there. That's good. So, Christopher Schindler, 
Um, we all knew this day was going to come at some point, didn't we? Uh, I'll be sliding into the great man's DMs on Instagram at some point to ask him if he fancies doing a podcast this summer. I probably won't get a response, but, you know, it's worth a shot, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I've had my say at the start. Uh, for me, he is the embodiment of the image of the entire Wagner era, if you like. I've got that Christopher Schindler picture behind me for now as well. And that that picture, the cartoon one here drawn by Johnny, you know, that is... When you think of the Wagner era, the Wagner revolution, I think Schindler with his arms aloft after the penalty is probably the image that will you will think of, you know, next week, next month, next year, next century, you know, not next century, probably won't be that long, next decade, et cetera. You know, he, for me, he was the embodiment. And someone who, I'm someone who doesn't really do favorite players, if you like. So if you went, oh, Matt, who's your favorite player? I'd be like, mm, I'm not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> apart from, apart from you know, the old Karoma Concha. Um he will be one of my favorite players, you know, as a, you know, as an adult, mostly, um, you know, he will, you know, whenever anyone mentions Christopher Schindler, I'll always look back at him fondly and he'll always be one of my um, most fondly remembered players. You know, he'll probably be in the top two for the rest of my Huddersfield supporting days, I would imagine. Um, an underrated defender, but what, what does Christopher Schindler, I will say, what did he mean? But what are your favorite moments of Christopher Schindler? I've got a lot jotted down here you know from memories from him of, of days gone by but i'd like to sort of throw it to you guys first and then i'll remove any that i've got here and you know just chat about some of the good times that christopher schindler gave us um and the penalty of course yeah i think obviously the the penalty is obviously the, the standout moment because it you know we, we sent us to, to the premier league which we, we never really thought we'd, we'd probably but certainly didn't in my time um, before, before you know that that sort of season came along, but even if you take that penalty away, you know, just look at what he brought to Huddersfield Town. Just his contribution. He were by far the best centre half that I've ever seen watching Town in well, since I can remember, probably nineteen ninety onwards. Um, he were he was I just describe him as, and I've seen other people use this phrase as well as a Rolls Royce of a, as a defender as a player. He just seemed to be there where he needed to be um you know you talk about defenders and you know you seem to remember these amazing last ditch tackles and you know getting there just to prevent a goal you know sort of sliding in and stuff like that and if you ask me about Schindler maybe you can picture a couple of those um he never really seemed to get caught out his positional play seemed to be fantastic um he, he certainly when we were you know in that promotion season he always just sort of seemed to be the right place, the right time. Um, built up a great partnership with, with Heffley. I think they both worked really well together. He kind of had the mad, crazy nutter playing against the really cool, relaxed centre half, and it just worked well together. Uh, obviously, played with, with Mark Hudson on, on occasions as well. And um, other favourite moments. Um, I remember he scored a, an header down at Ipswich um, pretty yeah. early on. I think it was. It was probably earlier on than. I was looking back and that Yeah, the 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 they made a book didn't without goals in you know when we got promoted. And I was looking at that other day with, with my youngest. Uh we were just looking through and, and you know looking at pictures in there and stuff like that. And I remember before that game we we had a, a, a decent start to the season. And you know, town, you get it in your mind, it's rich away, you know, this is we'll lose and this is where wheels come off and mm. I know it was still early on in the season, but that goal and that, I think it was 1-0, uh, that that was the first time that I actually thought, do you know what, we might have a chance here. And then as the season goes on, there's a few more of them 
and, and that obviously we, we got to the playoffs in the end, but that, that goal kind of made people stand up and realise, maybe not away from Huddersfield, but within Huddersfield, you know, that, yeah. that 1-0 victory kind of gave me a massive confidence boost that, yeah, we've got a good team, we've got a good start, but that, that win there made me think, do you know what, we, we might do that. And then obviously moving further forward on, um, he scored against Man City, I think. Um, we went, I think we lost 2-1 in the end, but we went 1-0 up against Man City at home, night game, I think it was. And again, just a great moment as a town fan, you know, although we ended up losing it would towards back end. And again, it would it was just the pride in the in the team and the club at that at that time. And you know, compare it to how things are now and it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? But I think Schindler as a as a player, as a captain, as a as a person, he like you say, he kinda encapsulated the whole you know, Wagner Evolution Terrier spirit, call it what you will, but you were you were the spearhead of that and you know forever as you say forever grateful to him and that and that team for that season i agree with the ipswich one that was one i had jotted down and i've i've put i've put there that it made me realize that it wasn't a flash in the pan because yeah that, under, that's exactly how i felt yeah remember like under jacko not to do jacko disservice but when we had a um, what people were classed as an inferior team that weren't expected to be at the top we were going a good run under the likes of jacko etc and we'll be end up top of the league but you knew we'd fall down at some point. You knew we'd lose a few games or get a few injuries and start sliding. You know, like, 90, was it 98, 99, that season where we were top? Yeah, it went top at Tramere, didn't we? Went the Marcus Stewart and Wayne Allison, et cetera, you know, on the score sheet. Uh, but yeah, that Ipswich one, and they were a decent side the previous season and it was early on and you did that kind of thing there. You were thinking, do you know what? This isn't a bad side, actually. And then for me, the Rotherham game, you know, we beat Brighton, didn't we? Leeds, uh, QPR in that run. And then we got Rotherham in this this run of victories. And that last minute goal at Rotherham made me think, do you know what? This side has got every chance of going up. And it was a phenomenal season. And to be fair, I think that season, maybe we didn't see the best of Schindler. Uh, we, we saw it was very good. But for me, it was the Premier League where we saw an elite player for Huddersfield Town, you know, the best centre-back I've seen, clearly. Um, you know, Terence Congolo, Zanka, you know, decent players on their day. You know, we've seen what they're like off the day as well. But very good players on the day. But Schindler was still, for me, head and shoulders, our best defender that we had in the entire Premier League. He was he was outstanding. Um, Sai, what are your what are your favourite moments? Uh, and I'll I'll go back to my uh, my list here of, of what I've got. Yeah, I can't say the second map, but if I could just perhaps um, reflect on some of the things that yourself and Paul said there. Do you want to do a dramatic the, reading as well? <laughs> no, but but for me, he was um, the kind of consistency in terms of his level of performance was what kind of bore out more so than anything else. Um, you spoke about Zanka and Congola there, who on their day were very very good centre halves, arguably better centre halves than Schindler. But for every good game they would have, they would have one equally as poor. And, particularly in those first two and a half, kind of three years at Huddersfield Town was as a model of consistency, week in, week out, delivered performances to a, to a, an impeccably high standard. If you kind of think about a, a newspaper or a, a kind of a football reporter in today's modern day, it was, it was eight out of ten, week in, week out. Um, and I think that's going to be very, very hard for us to kind of replicate going forward. Um, I think the other thing that, Again, if I draw comparisons with perhaps certainly Congolo and, and other players at our club, but, but at kind of at clubs across the country nowadays, is Schindler cared. He really cared. 
um, about the club, about the performances on the pitch. You sense that when we played Paul in, and particularly around um, the, the Anseev at time, etc., it hurt him. It really hurt him. And, and I think there's some interviews probably knocking around where he speaks quite candidly around how kind of that kind of it was almost a weight on his shoulders. Um, and I think players who care are becoming fewer and far between in today's modern society. And, and that's a real shame. And um, I know you want to talk about kind of Schindler in terms of what he delivered on the pitch, but I think there's two things for me that kind of um, demonstrate what Schindler was like as a person off the pitch, which perhaps um, I just want to talk about. The first was when we played Rochdale away in the Cup um, January 2017. Um it was the day that Heffley kind of went up front. I don't know if you kind of recall. Um, Schindler was in the stands that day. He was in the stands with all the Huddersfield Town fans. We, we packed out the, was the, the side of the pitch, um, obviously the dugouts from memory. And Schindler was in there, kind of played, I think, every championship game up to that point. And David Wagner chose to rest him. And a lot of players wouldn't have turned up, would have gone and done something else, kind of taken the weekend off, done what you like. But Schindler was there with the fans. And um, I think that was probably the start of of us as fans kind of really accepting and warming warming to him uh, as well as all the other German players you speak about I think the other one that um, kind of is forefront of my mind is and it was a tweet that I saw um, over the last couple of days actually there's a photo of Jonathan Hogan and Christopher Schindler together at the end of last season um, kind of arm in arm kind of reflecting on what a what a challenge and what a roller coaster ride it had been and, and kind of there's a caption that goes with that. I can't remember it exactly, but but kind of links back to my point around he really cared. He really, really cared. And um, that's ultimately what I'll take away as, as kind of his time at Huddersfield Town. It's, it's sad that it's come to an end. I think we all knew probably for, for quite a while now it was going to come to an end, but it doesn't necessarily make it um, any easier to bear. But um, obviously it goes without saying that wish him the best of luck for the future and I think I'll kind of speak for a few of us when we look forward to a boozy weekend in Nuremberg in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I think you've summed up quite well. It's not just Schindler leaving, is it, that makes it um, so emotive. It's kind of, all right, we've still got Johnny Augier from that season, but it's, there's literally just him left now. And that that kind of makes you a little bit like emotional because that season was so good, wasn't it? You know, Amount of times I've watched that bloody DVD, or you know, a couple of people have made videos on YouTube. You know, I think there's a possible G and Dream that Ollie Fisher made, and you know, mm-hmm. times and you you watch it and you it's ten minutes of just pure joy, isn't it? Just pure unbelievableness, and 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 Schindler sort of with, like I said with the spirit of that, and um, that that's kind of what gets you going, doesn't it? And that's what makes you think: Will we ever get back to these times again? And you know, 1.8 million, it wasn't a small amount of money that we paid for him. And he came in with, nobody really knew much about him. And, and for a town at that time to spend 1.8 million on a play, it was it it quite a decent amount. Um, and obviously he repaid that in, in buckets. Um, I just, just thinking about photos there, so I remember that one where he was sat on, um, I think it were a waltzer or something like that mm. with Heffaly when they had the fireworks night uh, down at Canal Side and you got Schindler sat right serious and I think FLA's next to him sort of like giggling like a, like a schoolboy and he, they kind of brought the best out of each other, didn't they? And that, that partnership were, you know, were just so great. They were so total opposite. And I used to, I remember a conversation I had with my brother once and uh, we were chatting about, you know, what do you think players like it, Jesse Room and all that. And you could see Schindler sat there, you know, before the match with, 
with Dossier, with, with Buck, you know, right, he's going to make these runs, he's met the... And then next to him, you've got FLA, like, bouncing around, talking about bloody giraffes or singing. or And you can just imagine that sort of almost like brother-to-brother relationship where one of them's really annoying, but one of them's really studious. And, you know, you think, I bet he gets right on his nerves, Schindler, but I, you think, I bet he didn't. Because, you know, a little smirk from Schindler, like, <laughs> is that it again kind of thing. But then when you get out there, the roles will change, and it's like FLA looked up to Shinley like an old kind of thing and that that little relationship and obviously that they were both German and you know they talk about a relationship with the fans side you know German clubs and German players seem to have that naturally built into them the, that relationship with the fans which always over here and it were it was so nice that your Heffalers your Schindlers your, your Lervers they, they brought a little bit of that connection to the to the club and to the fan base at that time and you know again you look at it now and again it's chalk and cheese isn't it and I think that's what what gets gets the emotions going that it's kind of like the final nail in the coffin from that season in leaving it's like 20 years or so it's like it's almost a generation where players like that come along who you feel that attachment to isn't it it's it is uh, it is really disappointing um, some of the things I've got on here uh, written down on my agenda is the story what Dean Hoyle told after the the penalty. Uh, whereby Christopher Schindler said, you know, he wanted to take the fifth penalty because he was the record sign and he wanted to take the responsibility and give value back to the club, which which was outstanding, really. Do you know how he how he just didn't, like I said in the intro, he never shirked anything. He was always just this calm, composed leader, uh, not someone who shouts and balls. You know, he's not your Peter Clark-style leader who, you know, you can see he's very vocal, but, you know, a bit Stuart Pierce-like, you know, and beating his chest. Where, But he just led by example, you know, with, with a calmness, you know, very different leaders, but both very effective uh, in their own way. Um, the Burnley game, do you remember the Burnley game away, which I think was the second season where he got knocked out pretty much with an elbow yeah. and, you know, and it, it, it completely bust his nose. And in the same move, he got elbowed and then Burnley had a shot. And he got up and, no, that was the year before, but he, the year before, yeah, he almost got knocked out, bust his nose. And then, but Burnley were about to have a shot and he got up and he threw his yeah, head he in the way of the, yeah. in the way that was, you know, the commitment side of him was 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 phenomenal. The year before at Burnley, I think it was the year before where he scored, but he um, he also made that clearance, you know, in front of the town fans as well, where Burnley would look set to score and he, he dived in and hooked the ball away, which was phenomenal defending as well. Um, the, the tackle which started the goal at Chelsea, you know, down at Stamford Bridge, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> that there, you know, I think they were claiming foul, weren't they? But, you know, not at all. He stepped out. And he stepped out like that on a number of occasions. And that Man City mm-hmm. game you mentioned as well, pause where he, he gets the flick, doesn't he, for uh, the own goal where we go 1-0 up. And then he, how he shackled Aguero for the entire game was phenomenal. You know, he, he just never left him and Aguero never had any space, never never got anything. And it were a bit of a dodgy penalty, which got them back in at the death, wasn't it? And then Sterling scored a fluke. But we, we deserved a bit more that day. Um, you know, he got double player of the year, you know, the first time since Peter Clark, ironically, in 2011. Um, and it, like you say, so it's just the amount of upset and depression and how much he cared for the football club when we were relegated and the mental struggles that he had and how he came through it triumphantly as well at the end under Danny Cowley, where his form picked back up at the end of the season and he really helped us over the line. And that hug with Hoggy you know, after the after the final whistle, you know, an absolute king, Christopher Schindler of, of Huddersfield. And hopefully we'll see him again one day, um, you know, whether that's just a, doing the draw on the pitch or whether it's a testimony of a Hoggy, like you mentioned in his in his farewell stuff, but shall I throw it throw to YouTube now? Cause I did ask the question. So let's have a, a look over here. So what have we got? So Phil Marston, the penalty 
It was the only one I watched from my position up in the gods. Phil, you paid all that money and you only watched one penalty. That's, that's shocking, is that, mate? Uh, Nathan Mallon's <laughs> Schindler was perfect for us, did his job, didn't complain, always had time for the fans. Remember being at Wembley and one of the lads I was cry- well, one of the lads I was with was crying when he scored that penalty. I reckon that was you, Nathan. Uh, Dale Marsden says, not a single moment <laughs> for me, which you know starts off quite typically Dale Marsden, you know. Uh, and then he said, <laughs> and then he says he was just dependable and was eight out of ten before a ball was kicked, brought a calmness to defending, something not usually associated with his, which is spot on. Cozy Bear in the house. So you've you've come in to save us because Phil's let us down. We're just in the middle of our no, I no, I've brought Cozzy in because, you know, we, we do a foursome, don't we? Uh, it's like golf. But um, I'm just reading out some comments on uh, Schindler, Cozzy, and then what I'll do is I'll throw it to you and you can do your own little tribute to the to the great man. Um, yeah, so back here, Phil Marston says there were tears all around him at Wembley. Ashley Nixon says, starting the Schindler song, has a bit of a laugh in the South Stand, and while singing it, he scored against QPR. Uh, Elbu- uh, HT Space FC says whole stadium erupted when Schindler scored that goal at home to City, and I used the sound effects from that in some of the you know some of the uh, little uh, switch ups that we do, and it's the the sound is phenomenal. You know, it's so loud when when Town score. Uh, El Bubio says it was nice to hear some of the Sky Sports commentators actually recognizing how good Schindler was during the Premier League. Um, Phil Marston says credit to David Wagner for bringing him to the club. Credit to uh, Chris Markham for doing the analysis on that, by the way. Uh, Jordan Drummond he mentions the story Dean Dean tells as well and James Dyson says Schindler's first Premier League season was class absolutely Uh, he remembered the home game against Liverpool and thought it was amazing Uh, Nathan says only a couple of tears by him but you know we'll we'll let him off with that and one thing I remember as well guys was uh, playing Arsenal away and we lost 5-1 on the day to Arsenal and we weren't bad for a little while and then we just got picked off uh, towards the end but I remember going back on the tube and some Arsenal fans chatting to us and saying uh, you're not a bad side, but I tell you what, that Christopher Schindler's outstanding, and he would walk into our side, and they were they were quite adamant that they wanted Christopher Schindler in an Arsenal shirt, and I think it showed the quality he had as well. And uh, one man who knows a quality defender when he sees one is uh, our pal Richard Kosmala. Cosy, tell us about Christopher Schindler. Well, what a signing! I mean, I don't know what you've discussed already. Obviously, I've just come on, but let's be honest, as town fans, we've kind of been brought up with donkeys and kind of guys who got by really with, you know, good defenders maybe, but little quality, especially bringing the ball forward and kind of just, you know, we've we've had a lot of blood and thunder guys. I think you might agree. I don't want to name any names, but I think everyone will know who they are. But Christopher Schindler was just totally different. And I think it was clear pretty much in that first promo- in the uh, promotion season that this was uh, a guy that was a bit different to what we had. Uh, and obviously complimented Mark Hudson kind of well, really, and that as well. Again, no disrespect, I'm not calling Hudson what I was mentioning earlier, but different styles and really, really good. So calm, cool, uh, composed on the ball. And uh, yeah, <laughs> the penalty at Wembley obviously said it all. I mean, it was so funny, really, because like when you look back on it now, he, he just took it all in his stride, didn't he? I mean, literally where, you know, we were having absolute palpitations, probably at... <laughs> What was Sean's uh, heart reading against? Oh, like uh, one seven six or something crazy, yeah, wasn't it? It, like, was, it was and that Reading fan were half asleep. It were like forty beats <laughs> a minute or something. <laughs> yeah, we were brilliant, and uh, obviously cool as you like when you see that. But like when you watch games now, and it's like guys are nervous for like random penalties for in league games, and this was Christopher Schindler really because we all knew at that time we were never going to get another chance like that again. I remember Sean Jarvis? Remember? 
in the uh, the build up to the game, we bumped into him about a couple of hours before kickoff, and he said, he just said, "Cause he says this is do or die now. I never, we will never get another chance like that again." And it's like when you hear someone like that, like I up in the club, and we're like, "Wow, you know, just like this is." And we all knew it, didn't we? But mm. absolutely, just fantastic defender. And I think what were really interesting as well when we went into the first Premier League season is I just thought, you know, when you look at a lot of our players, who would make a step up? There was obviously a lot of players where it was kind of like a game of guess who, where you're kind of flicking them up, flicking them by out. You're like, he's not good enough, good enough, good enough. But you always up Schindler would be. And 100% that first uh, season when we stopped up, absolutely sensational. And, uh, you know, we owe... We owe him so much. And yeah, it's so disappointing that it's just like he hasn't got his proper send-off and yeah, he'll come back for a, an odd game or what have you. But it's, uh, I've never known such an outpouring for a town player going. I don't know if this has been discussed already. Sorry if I'm going, going over all um, ground, but no, I didn't honestly, really. I've, I've never known such an outpouring. It's, it's been absolutely incredible, which says it all about the guy. And pretty much he missed all of, uh, well, he played a bit of this season, didn't he? But, and then kind of the season before and that as well, he was, you know, hit and miss as, as kind of for his standards really compared to what we'd seen from them first, uh, you know, certainly two seasons, second season of the Premier League, I think he dipped a little bit. But honestly, I've never known such an outpouring from a guy. And when you think, you know, what we've paid for him, what we've got, and obviously that we won't, our, our podcast obviously uh, says the, you know, the Well, Daniel Mann named the podcast, but it was Schindler's so, it's just, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's Nuremberg is, you know, kind of a big club in Germany, but I thought he maybe would do better. But I just wonder if it's, it just feels like he's kind of that guy that he's not, I don't sound like a good, but he's not, not like, say, I'm massively ambitious, but he's just happy to be happy. And when you, it's really interesting to hear some of his kind of, uh, you know, summary of, you know, when, when he left, obviously, this week and his, the video, and it was really interesting to find it really difficult. He, he expressed that so many times. Really difficult to settle, really difficult to settle. So when I were hearing that, I was thinking, wow, you know, you were a legend before, but even more now, because it have been so easy, Matt, wouldn't it, just to, like, sack him off, sack Uddersfield off, sack the kind of league off and, you know, homesick and stuff, but he's stuck in there. And honestly, the guy, absolutely sensational. And I remember <laughs> Russ Fotherman, Jimmy Mack, too many uh, said we should be building a statue of him. I remember him saying that after the uh, the promotion, but... Yeah, he's, he's sad, really. And then there was one of the Jonathan Ogg, but he's, uh, there's, there's players that come and go. There's lot more, loads that won't be remembered, but there's, yeah, Christopher Schindler. And honestly, it still gives you goosebumps, doesn't it, hey, Daniel Mann's uh, commentary. and Not Daniel Mann, sorry. Uh, Bill Leslie in it commentary. In the, it's one of them, isn't it? It's one of them. I think it is Daniel yeah. Mann, but I'll, I'll check it. Yeah. Both um... decent, yeah, both all right. Well, they might not get his. They uh, might not get the statue as per uh, Russ Fotherby, but I've just ordered um, a man shed for me. Uh, well, like a summer house pub type thing. And I've been debating what to call it, and I was I was toying it between Boothies, Wagner's, and, and Schindler's. But I think this week is uh, Schindler's Bar. to call it no. Schindler's Bar. So, Chris, if you're listening, and probably not, but if you fancy popping over for opening, there's a there's a pint of German ale waiting for you. The kind of guy That's that would be there to cut the ribbon, isn't he? Also, yeah. why, do think, why do you think there's so much like love for Schindler? Because let me just kind of play devil's advocate. Tariq Holmes Dennis is on the pitch and he puts that penalty in. Does he get this same love that Schindler? Honestly, it's blown me away this last few days. It's incredible that people in tears and what have you and meaning it, really. Not not like acting, but wh- why why is it? 
pause. Do you think he's just kind of, is it just purely on that penalty or is it a bit more than that? No, I think it's, we were kind of sort of discussing just before he came on because even if you take that penalty away, even if it were someone else that scored that penalty, Schindler still was the, he was the main man one here from that, from that era, you know, we've, we've said constant eight out of 10 performances, goals when they mattered, big performances when they mattered, just a, a genuinely nice fella to go with it, you know, a role model. And, you know, Matt covered it in his, his intro that he just kind of encapsulated all that was Huddersfield Town, you know, good looking fella and all, you know, that always, you know, always wins a few fans over with the ladies done it and some of the men and all from what I've seen, but, you know, he just kind of had it all, didn't it? If you, if you, you know, as a as a former centre half, if I could morph into anybody, it would be, you know, Shinloff from recent times because he just seemed to have everything. He just had everything under control. He were, you know, use the term earlier, the Rolls Royce of defenders, just quality, but made everything yeah. look easy. It's funny, Potts, and it? it must be a little bit like Baywatch. Stick with me on this one, but it's like, Eppley, <laughs> like Hudson, uh, you know, Stankovic, even trying to rescue. You know, is, is it going to rescue someone out of the sea or what have you? And that's are they going to drown? But you knew Schindler would get there. You knew he'd rescue the person. You knew he'd rescue the situation. Yeah. And yeah, it's I know it's going over all ground, but we know if he wasn't, you know, fit or injured a little bit in that that season, we'd have been uh, out of it and that as well. And I think kind of adding on to that, pause what you said, I think the fact that he stuck with us in the, mm. uh, you know, the relegation where so many jumped ship, I think that almost like cemented his... Uh, Legend of status, and it was sickening really, wasn't it? Because that injury, you know, when it was it Middlesbrough when he went off, I can't remember which game it was, but QPR, I think, QPR. I think we just, I remember kind of a few was discussing. I think is the, is this the last we've seen him because obviously it was a bad kind of mm. you know hole and that as well. But it's uh, honestly, I've never known an outpouring like it when you think. I suppose I don't know. We were like in nineteen twenty-eight and twenty-nine when we lost <laughs> legends. If we'd have done a podcast then, but it's. It's absolutely blown me. But honestly, it's like I've seen like people crying on the on my social media, and it's like it's no fake tears. These are like grown people. Is uh, yeah, what a man, and we all knew it. It's it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit like kind of a death, isn't it? You know, sometimes horrible deaths where you kind of know it's coming, but when it just happens, it like. I tell you what, Paul. Uh, Cause I've never, never, ever thought I would hear. Christopher Schindler compared to uh, the popularity of uh, Pamela Anderson, 1993 Paywatch. <laughs> it's the off, mate. We had the F. We've got the off now. <laughs> <laughs> David Heffelhoff. But <laughs> Heffelhoff or something like that. It's going down a weird sort of rabbit hole, is this? But uh, the next thing, so uh, Phil Senior is struggling to get into the group chat, which is great. So we're going to go from three to five. Excellent. So we're going to have a bumper Christopher Schindler love fest uh, right, we need to send that link to Mr. Senior. Cosy, can you just forward that to Phil and I'll tee up the next... Um, the next yeah, I might have to go come back, but yeah. Oh, no, if, you, if you're only following, I'll do it. I'll do it. And there you go, Dan Porrick. I have to do a job roads, go come I'm back. And yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. Right then, guys. So, uh, Christopher Schindler. Um, see how quickly Phil gets into the group and Phil can have his say on on the great man as well. I think he'd want to do that. Here he is. Now let's let him in. Better than never, I think. Here he is. Oh, he's still connecting. He can't hear us yet. <laughs> A bit premature. Here he is, Mr. Senior. Uh, Phil, hey. 
we've all been eulogizing over the great man Christopher Schindler and I think just as you've you've arrived before we move on to the next next point just tell us uh, tell us your favorite moments of Christopher Schindler and what you think he meant to Huddersfield Town Football Club mate what a legend just like he just wore his hat on his sleeve he was like it, it, first and foremost he was just a good defender so in the air he read the game well um, he had knees like Boothy, unfortunately. Um, but it was just he had, he had everything, and I think it, it came at a time where where we really needed that kind of that player. It, it was it was vital for for us kind of moving forward. So um, I'm I'm, just, I'm gutted that we probably didn't we didn't get enough out of him as much as what we'd have liked to, uh, obviously through injury. Um, but like the overriding memory, I mean, you can't look anything further past the numerous amount of slide tackles, interceptions that he put on the line and the penalty. Like, how can you not like just look at the penalty and, and, and the kind of celebrations that, that we see every time we do this podcast at the start? Do you know what I mean? It's gutted, really. Absolutely gutted. And, and what a beautiful-looking human being as well. <laughs> eh? The women in Huddersfield are going to be absolutely spewing. There's no Ian Hughes, surely. Well, that's just go up with us, not it? God, imagine, can you imagine like a three at the back, Schindler in the middle, and bloody Steve Yates and Yuzi either side? <laughs> wow, bloody hell! It's like we have his sloth from Goonies. I'll let you say that. I'm presuming he's your mate. Um, yeah, they're all that. Yeah, do what my saying it. So we're going to move on just now to um, the next point, which is um, a new contract for Fraser Campbell. So. Christopher Schindler, Huddersfield Town legend. Um, it does, it, like you say, because it does feel like we're talking about someone that's passed, and that's obviously not the case. But Matt, don't, just let me come in in here. Don't, don't you think the club? What were they doing? I mean, why did they not, you know, announce the Schindler departure the day before, give him his day in the sun, or even the weekend? It doesn't matter. He was going, he was going, but to throw all this other stuff at it about two, three hours on, that's going to cause consternation, like it has and stuff. It's like. Huddersfield Town, they just seem to get so much wrong with stuff and, and so yeah. frustrated me. I it, mean, it did feel like it should have been a Christopher Schindler day. I think the only problem they had yeah. was people were telling others via Instagram that they were leaving and stuff and putting tweets out and stuff. So I think they maybe felt that they had to jump. But I, I thought it should have been Christopher Schindler day. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I agree. I mean, with not sure, I'm not sure about all this kind of players. Um, I mean, obviously, I've, we see a lot of social media now, don't we? And all these players coming out prior to, to the club announcing it. I think it is, you should have a duty for, to allow the club to, to do this. I think there's too many kind of things that are sneaked out. Um, I think just for the fans as well, you want to hear it as, as a kind of club statement, don't you? As if it's a definite. You kind of, some people are reading between the lines, you know, I want to thank the club for this and that. And it should just be a, a, an obvious, clear and obvious, right? These are the players we're leaving. These are the players Phil, Phil, if you'd have been sat by Eric's employer, would you wait for him to announce it? Well, 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 no, you wouldn't, would you? No, you won't. But this is what I'm saying. For me, the club needs to. There needs to be a line of communication there for me with the club. It really does. Um, as as it's happened for them to explain, obviously that's 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 kind of happened. I don't know. It's just a, you know, it's just something I feel a bit strongly about. I just think it's like each to their own kind of like off you go, right. I've left see you later before the club's even said, you know, thanks for your services. Do you know what I mean? Uh, There's so many that left, Matt, that we're not bothered about going. It's it's not one of those normal seasons where you lose like a Schindler plus four Schindler kind of time. 
uh, you know, good night and God bless and good riddance to a lot of them. Pretty much all, to be honest with you. Yeah. Let's talk about Campbell first because Tom uh, Tom Bradshaw says he thinks Cosy should have presented Fraser Campbell with his new contract. Um, <laughs> you know what, Matt? Like, he's on performances, right? You know, this is going to sound like mine with two face, but he, he deserves probably his extension. If if he was a different age, I would don't think I'd have any problems with it. But and we had no choice in it anyway because he had to play. Was it fifteen games or something like that as well? And if you yeah, think of, of who deserved another season on last season's performances, you know I can't believe I'm saying this, but honestly, he probably did deserve you know another another year. But the big question is, it's like thirty four soon in September, I think it is. Or looking up this morning, it's like we had no choice. It's not really a debate, really, but. All I'm hoping is that, yeah, okay, he's staying on what It's a new contract rather than the option, isn't it? So yeah. it's, it's something new. It's fun and uh, we, we a bit of impact, really, rather than the go-to man. I know needs must because of what happened last season, but I know it might sound like a bit too physical. Obviously, I've been a bit of a critic, but but we had no choice. As a second, third choice, it's, it's, it's quite fine, isn't it? It's sort of a ser- service, like you would probably say, a serviceable option. Second, third choice. We know there was a, a trig- you know, clause in his contract where he played X amount of games to trigger it. Well, it looks like he signed a new contract, which would indicate there's maybe a restructuring somewhere of, of you know, what, what he's doing. And, and potentially it could be here for another couple of years if he, if he hits that again. Mm-hmm. But for me, he's, 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 a, he's a good character, good character. Um, someone, I don't know if he's a, a leader or such. I don't really know the guy, but um, pause, Phil. Si, he, he looks like someone that you wouldn't mind being at the club, you know, someone training a, a professional, you know, to train alongside the younger ones, providing, you know, his, the wage budget is, you know, fine and, and whatnot, and it doesn't stop us from strengthening elsewhere. It's not really a bad option as a second, third choice striker, really, is it? Yeah, I think if he's taking a, a, a wage cut, he's the right lot. I suppose if you if you Fraser Campbell, that's a, that's an option for you, isn't it? Because if you don't sign for the town, who's he going to realistically sign for? You know, so he might as well play at a championship club, and you never know, he might want to move on and do a bit of you know coaching badges and stuff like that. And if he stays with us, it's a kind of a foot in the door, isn't it? I think. Kind of agree what Cosley says. He's one of those that he tries hard and he can maybe instill that ethos into other players, but he doesn't need to be playing weekly or even, you know, every other week, really. He's one of them that's, if you've got your main couple, three strikers out, then he does a job or he plays in a cup, you know, every now and again. He's, he's I don't think the plan was to play him as much this season, but recruiting Danny Ward and, and his injuries kind of forced us into, into playing him. So I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have probably bothered, but if we had to, if we've got it on terms that are favourable to us, then, you know, you've kind of got to keep him, haven't you? Phil, do you think that experience is useful? I think it's a sensible option. I really do. I think um, he's, he's obviously not the striker that we, we all feel like we need, the, the, the goal scorer, the out-and-out goal scorer, but... Um, Experience is invaluable. It's all cliche, you know. I mean, look around the leagues. There's, there's always going to be a couple of players in each squad that, that have got that experience. And he's a local lad. So you're always going to get 100% out of him, which is obviously what uh, we need in that position as well. So I do. I think hopefully he's going to bring kids on. You know, we look at young Phillips. You know, maybe a role model for him and the type of player that that, that we kind of need. And obviously, you know, he's got a pedigree of scoring goals as Phillips uh, from a young age. So. I do. I think it's. I think it's a good signing. Um, I don't know the ins and outs, obviously, of, of the wages, etc. But I think our wage bill is going to be a lot less than what it has been in the past. So 
Um, so yeah, I'm sure it's um, I'm sure it's I'm sure everyone's happy within the club uh, that, that he's signed again. And like you say, it, it, this is all based on. And I don't, Cosy, I don't think you're kind of. Um, I don't think it's kind of like being two-faced. I think it's just facts, mate. I think it's the fact that we we, we need this, the, the position that we are in as a club and what we've got ourselves into. And I'm sure we've all been watching the Schindler videos where we're looking at the the, the, the team that we had uh, prior to going up. And, and it's what we're... The, t- the, the squad is totally different now. And and I think it's, it's a necessity, really. Si, what about your thoughts on uh, Campbell? Uh, very little to add beyond what's been said in truth. I think um, it's, a, it's a sensible decision. Um, he works hard off the ball. You can see him being of use kind of when we go away from home in difficult games where we're perhaps looking to play for a point. Um, I think he's good without the ball. Um, arguably less good with the ball and in front of goal. Um, it comes down to what, what our three striking options are for next season for me, um, two of which I think will be Danny Ward Um and now Campbell, um, and, and we, I think we all think the third's going to be Jordan Rhodes. Um, it's quite uh, an old strike force, and, and based on this season, one which um, has had a few injuries, and, and that concerns me. Um, but if you look at Campbell in isolation, I, I don't think you can really argue with the with, with the kind of the decision. Um, just hope it's it, 10, 15 games in here as opposed to 40 games that it's been this year. I was just going to say, if that, if that is a potentially the, the three that play up front, I think last two also, did, I, I put that did a little bit of research. And, um, sorry, because the last, if those three are the front three next season, Campbell, Rhodes and Ward, last two seasons, I think combined 170 games between them and 28 goals between them. You stole so, that from someone on YouTube, haven't you? On the one that I have, mate, yeah. But I did, I, I did have it written No down. credit, no credit, shocker. Because <laughs> uh, just, uh, just no, it's, it's it's really go to YouTube. Cos has just said it. To be honest, I tweeted it out this morning. Honestly, I've I've not seen as much interaction with one of my tweets for a long time, and that's the worry, isn't it? One in seven, uh, Campbell. One in five and a half, uh, Ward, and one in six, Rhodes. The goals in the last, you know, since his Sheffield Wednesday last four years. It's it's a real concern that to me because. Surely we need a fresh, maybe we get one in, but fresh striker, young striker, striker that's going to, you know, worry oh. a defender rather than these three who really play on kind of up. And it does worry me. Yeah, because it's, because it's, there's two things there for me. I think one is is Kieran Phillips and how good can he be? Will he be given a run of games? I think he's been in and around the team for a while now. But if we're honest with ourselves, he hasn't broken through in the way I perhaps thought he might. And actually... Could he do that job and, and be that standout player? The second point for me is Karoma. Kind of so much kind of yeah, already yeah. feels like it rests on his shoulders for next season. Um, I think there's a few people that are questioning if he'll even be here next year, and, and that is a worry. But um, it does feel like he's kind of our main goal threat right now, and, and kind of arguably streets above our other options. So right between cotton wool and um, kind of uh, lock him in your cupboard throughout this kind of uh, pre-season. <laughs> I still think Karoma yeah. might be up front at some point, but pause. Let's let's move on. We've been going like fifty odd minutes here, so we'll try and move on a, a little bit. But let's read some out on on YouTube uh, about Campbell's contract. Uh, Terry seven and two says he's quite happy with Campbell's uh, extension. Can't fault his work rate, but he won't get us fifteen to twenty. So it echoes a lot of what you guys say. Uh, Phil Marston says maybe he could be a good mentor for some of the younger players. Again, what, what you guys have said, particularly with Kieran Phillips. 
Uh, Nathan Mallinson also says you can't fault his work rate. Uh, and El Bubio has taken umbrage because, you know, he's 34 years old as well. So he probably thinks he could still do a job up front for town. And uh, there's probably a couple of us who probably still think yeah, that. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's frothing at the thought that 34 is over the hill. It's all right, mate. It's this modern day and age, you know, with the diet and fitness, you know, you'll be all right for another couple of years. Uh, Campbell, they say is fine. HDFC says Campbell's fine as backup as well. So Man, it's, um, not a matter, it's not a matter of sorry, being over the early. It's a matter of, is it? Gonna get any better because I, I I must admit I'm one of those. I'm not bothered about kind of ages really because you look at some of the kind of the, maybe the top players and stuff. But when it's Sheringham and Messi and all that lot, you know Ronaldo's still going strong. I know they're the top end, but if you're still producing, don't matter what your age. I think people have binned off too much. The issue with Campbell to me is like, is he gonna, is he producing? Is he gonna get any better? And I don't think it's his is, game but... as well. Campbell's game is very fitness based, isn't it? So that's well, that's the benchmark, though. And... I, think, I don't, I don't just particularly think it's Campbell, and you know, just moving conversation on to who else has been retained, Keo, Bakuna, and Benza as well. You know, like the main ones. But I think the the main thing that a lot of fans are taking umbrage, especially with with Keo as well. You know, Keo and Campbell, you can kind of lump in the same bracket. Um, Bakuna and Benzi, you presume they've taken an option there because of the interest and we can get a fee for him, which if is right, fair enough. If not, it's risky given wages that they're on. But I think it just I think what fans are seeing is a, a continuation of the contradiction to what we were told when uh, Carver and came in. You know, looking at signing, re-signing Campbell is older. Looking at extending Keo again is older. Looking at bringing Rhodes in again, 31 year old, it, it goes fully against. And I just pulled up a couple of quotes because I think this is probably where people are getting most angry. Not particularly the name and the age. It, it could be any name and any age. It's it's the fact that it's going against what were what was said. You know, Devlin, 24th of July when he came, and it wouldn't be right of us to appoint him. Uh, then make it difficult to achieve what we are looking for fast-paced high-pressed attacking football you know you don't that don't spring to mind when you're talking about you know Fraser Campbell and and Richard Keogh and Jordan Rhodes in your side and you know Bromby the vision and strategy is to align everything the no fear attacking uh, play style Huddersfield DNA says that makes my job easier because I can recruit to it with again I know Campbell and Keogh are technically recruitment because they're already here but They've been re-signed, so they're, they're technically staying on. And um, because he made yeah, because the trick, because he's making a beat for us. It's like some, some cooking show <laughs> going on. Know, you know, what is Bill this? Bill must be the one who eats all the food on on the podcast. But, <laughs> this, but I, I think that's miles away from home. I don't know what I'm doing here, but this oven's just going nuts, man. If there's a fire in Northumberland <laughs> in about ten minutes, ring the fire brigade, man. <laughs> You've, right. you've ruined my point now, Cosy, but I think what's happening is fans are, are seeing those, um, you know, we're reissuing contracts to players that are older. The, the main target it seems to be Jordan Rhodes, who's older, and it's, it's going against the, I won't say the dream that we were sold when Carlos were brought in, but I know there's a long way to go in window and that there might be other players that come in and, and stuff like that, but it's kind of going against what, we were hoping for, and I think that's probably what's making people angry more than with with re-signing Fraser Campbell as a as a. I think you're very right. Board. I think I think you, you're quite right that we were not sold a dream, but we were told this is the way we were going to go, and then all of a sudden people are going, "Hang on, what's happened to this and that?" I think that's. It's not just Campbell and Keogh, is it? You know, you've got to look at you know Sinogo, Niasse. You know, they were older. Um, you know, they were. Well, I, I know they were. I know they were just a step in and fill of 
fill a gap. But again, if you look back over the last three or four signings, it's not this kind of signing we were hoping and expecting to make. Yeah. Which so I let's think do, again that fuels the fire. Let's do the retained list very quickly and the released. I think what we could what we probably do. I think if Cozzy wears his oven mitt for this as well, it might be quite decent. So I thought if we give like a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a wavering whether this is a good idea or not, it's because he got that other mitt on. I don't even know what he's doing. <laughs> uh, don't think he knows what, what he's doing. doing. <laughs> he's just wandering around. Like, wandering around you, Mr. Like, Dean. Mr. Dean. <laughs> At home with the Cosmala. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There he is. Right, so Mate, Tommy... Mate, don't give me Keo. <laughs> Honestly, mate, what are we thinking? He's there? coming in at the end. Don't worry, we'll we'll saving him for you at the end when you've got your pasta bolognese or whatever you've sorted. I put mine up on it. <laughs> Tommy Elphick, sad that he got an injury at the at the wrong moment, but right decision. I'm going for releasing. Yeah, yeah thumbs up, Cosy. We're doing thumbs up or thumbs down if we think it's a good decision to release him. Right, so all in favour, Alex Pritchard, pound for pound. Um, yeah, let's. See. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? That, I don't know how true it was. It seemed a load of nonsense. That that website today, they were linking him with some absolute dross, more like Carlisle, Lincoln. Nah. Well, no, surely it's got to do better than that. You'd be lucky to get Carlisle. Useless. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> uh, Umar Nias, a man that it took two months to sign this guy. Uh, town had to jump through a number of loopholes. The club went above and beyond to get him uh, and a complete freak injury two hours after signing a contract. Um, put him out and uh, may, put him in the Jonathan Tahui school of uh, never played for Huddersfield Town. Uh, released, um, God knows for me, but yeah, you guys seem to think it's a good idea. Uh, the fruit bowl of Cosley seems to think it's a good idea as well. Uh, Richard Stearman, um, I thought he played quite well at the start of this season. Um, happy with that, that he's gone. I'm, I'm a little bit sketchy because I think I would have preferred to keep Stearman over Keogh. You know, I understand. That's exactly the same point, Matt. Stearman over Keogh for me. And he's and he was already just started or doing it. His head. It were obvious though that it were not going to be Stearman. I mean, he hadn't yeah, even been going to go, wasn't it? Have you put the phone in, in a cupboard or something? Are we in a cupboard? Were you now? We're in the microwave. Yeah. It's like being uh, <laughs> placing the sun home and away. You know, like when they do home and away. This is a home. Honestly, I'm, I'm normally used to living a one bedroom flat overlooking some uh, right goings on, man. But no, going back to Stearman, it's uh, been a strange one, hasn't it, with him? Uh, you know, he's never got any football uh, at all. And Keo, there must be something more to mix the eye with the Keo thing, you know. I want to ask still a question because I, I think, Phil, are you in, am I right in saying you're, you would have kept Keo over Stearman? The thing is, the thing is, the thing is with, Keo, with, with Stearman, 
like we have, we seem to have like short memories. So because he hasn't played, I don't think he's very much dissimilar to Keo. To be honest, I, I for me, I think Keo's done all right. I think he's 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 done his best. Um, I don't think he's made. I, I honestly, I don't think he's amazing. He's not. Uh, he's. We we need two new centre halves for me personally. But I, I think it's either him or or Stearman. And I don't think we're going to see any 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 better from Stearman or Keo. So one of them needs to go. And I just think, uh, why not Stearman? To be honest, I, I, I don't. I, I don't think he's done anything. I don't think he's been more impressive than Keo, in my opinion. Can, can, I, can I tell you why I think the, the, the opposite? Um, and I don't know how I've come to this judgment, but I have. Obviously, what what seems to be the case is it's um, Keo's going to transition into coaching or take on some mentor role. And from what I've seen of Stearman, I think he will be better placed for that. I think he is more um, someone who players could look up to than Keo. And I don't quite know how it comes to that judgment, admittedly, but that's kind of basis, kind of why I would probably have kept Stearman over Keo. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, Silence. From no, 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 no. Do you know, I've seen... He thinks I've got I, a point, I think I'm talking about it. I've heard both of them are right kind of off of the pitch. To be fair, so I've heard both of them are really good off of the pitch. So it seems like it seems more of an off the field signing than an on the field um, for for Keo. So and, and if that's the case, then we don't always get to see that. So you sometimes have to trust the judgment of those at the club. Uh, Jason Lutweiler, odd one as he uh, they they made a bit of a I don't know they, they seem to make point, a bit, uh, most well were pointless. It was ridiculous. Made a bit of a deal of it though, didn't they? On the, when we signed him, they they kind of they yeah, didn't really, didn't really do anything. Demi- yeah, well, well. Demico Dehaney, what are we thinking? Ma, can you <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. I, I, Man, I, you I know, I wasn't know. a fan. He's, he's, what used to wind me up about him was he was completely reluctant to engage in one-on-one defending. Uh, he wouldn't close down his winger. He would always stand off and he'd not show for the ball, uh, particularly if if it was a tight game and we weren't doing particularly well. I thought, it, it was he's a typical of youth, but he's a typical under twenty three footballer. The way that it's gone now, you don't come up against your Darren Barnards or Mike Sherrins in a reserve game where it's yeah. a bit of horse and bustle and, and different way of playing. It's a typical under twenty three carpet pictures, nice footballers. Mm. He kind of sums it up for me. Yeah, and Phil, do you think Pepe will want him back just to strengthen the? Uh... Next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in, in cover for who? Phil, do you remember man. that first game? I mean, I, I don't like picking on people, but God, that Wolves game, uh, the Premier League, what is debut won it in that? Yeah, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a, he's a nice footballer. You know, he, he, technically he's, he's fine, yeah. He's, technically he's good, but you hit the nail on the head earlier. Like, we, we want a defender. We want someone who can defend 1v1. And, 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 you know, that, that's just non-existent. So what, what is the point? Where are you going to play? We moved him into middle of pitch, didn't we, at one point, playing defensive midfield. You know, even in that Anthony position, Lloyd. we've still got one Where's v one Get Anthony Lloyd, Lloyd back, back in. Lloyd got a bad injury, did Paul Lloyd, didn't he, at one point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, D'Amico Dehaney, we're all in great. Jaden Brown, um, yeah, it seems a shame for me because I thought he would, 18 months ago he looked quite decent, but he's not, yeah. he's, he's regressed a bit, hasn't he? So, yeah. I would have... I'm a bit of a shame on that, but I remember that his debut at Luton. I think I remember him talking about his pods. Why were next to his family in that game? You know that one where uh, Camille were like getting shouted oh, yeah. at the fans, and you know, but it was a disastrous afternoon. But thought Jaden Brown did well and showed a it, bit of yeah. promise to me in that as well. Yeah. But it's uh, it's 
if you'd have told me that he'd have been released kind of from that moment so quickly as he has, I'd have been surprised. But I don't think uh, he's never been sold on him as Carlos, has he? And I mean, he, the writing were on the wall, wasn't it, really, when we were playing Louis O'Brien at left back and, you know, there he was, fit and ready to go. But I mean, I thought he showed his class on his uh, Instagram uh, post, mate. I know, Phil, you mentioned about stuff tweeting out or me- messaging out, but he always comes across as a bit of a class act, and I I really do hope that he gets a you know good club on that as well. And uh, time will tell, but you know it was no surprise. But I just thought he would probably unlucky more than most. But but again, when Callis is not playing him, a bit similar, uh, you know, to uh, Stearman, it were obvious. I felt, like, I felt like he spat his dummy out a little bit. To be honest, he, he had a chance there when Toff uh, got injured to come in and, and make a difference and to stamp his, you know, and he didn't he didn't take that chance and and. I, uh, you know, I, didn't I, I, he? Silly yeah, yeah, exactly. And for me, that's right on the wall straight away. Yeah, yeah, Sonogo. Um, sliding doors moment, I think David Hartrick said on their podcast earlier when he missed that penalty. He just he looked all right holding the ball up, but you could play this guy and for you know, you could give him a three year contract and he's not going to score a goal in those oh, three man. years. Never a non scoring striker, mate. How many of them have been? Everybody else gets a three year deal, so he might as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, uh, so no, I'll go. I'm thumbs up. I thought I thought he did yeah. okay job, but yeah, you know, right, but we're never going to score many. So see you later. Good effort, mate. But Joel Pereira, we are we sad to see him go. Well, <laughs> Papa, yeah. uh, see you later. <laughs> think, opposition uh, and sad. What about that game against Stoke? I mean, we'd all heard the horror stories about him, didn't we? You know, obviously from uh, it's from conceded eleven Robert, goals in two games. <laughs> two, <yeah. laughs> Norwich wasn't his fault, you know. I mean, at all, but actually, it didn't mind. look good. I'll change your mind. I actually want to keep him because he could be down as a worse keeper than I was at the time. <laughs> keep him Don't like my stats next to his, I look class. Carol <laughs> <laughs> uh, Um sad to see him go. Sad that we didn't probably get as much out of him as what we did because of the knee injury. I'd, I'd like to see him back if his knees. Well, I don't know if that's a thumbs up, thumbs down. We didn't really have much choice, but uh, thumbs up if you want to see him back next year, I think. I'd, I'd take him, but I think there's rumours that his, his knee's not 100%, yeah. so I think it's a risky to sign him in it. Maybe bring him back on loan again and, and with an option, if, if, if that's a, you know, something that we could... Do. Maybe Boothy could mentor him, Phil, you know, about how to handle these bad knee injuries, you know, because Boothy... You played know what, though, Matt? When, yeah, when, we've, when we've played well this season, Cal Lightning's been one of the key men, yeah. reason why it happened mm-hmm. in that as well, and that, that's what I'm saying, his quality. And yeah, the doubts of the injuries are probably going to kibosh him. But this is the the worry with the recruitment. We You need create creativity. We have got none. And yeah, they were no Smith Rowe, but he were good when he were good. And yeah, it's uh, it's a shame really. And, and that as well, what's happened to him. Smith Rowe scoring for Arsenal's first team tonight. I think it were, we were very lucky to get him last year, looking by looking how well he's adapted. Uh, yeah. Richard Keogh. So we've, we've touched upon him mostly, but... Town concede on average 1.7 goals a game when he plays. Um, it doesn't really seem like he's he's set for the way Carlos wants to play. You know, you push the fullbacks high, that stretches the centre backs and drags them, puts them out wide, and Keo's not really um, not really comfortable out there. Um, I imagine, How like, many mistakes has he made though? What, like in terms of stats, it'd be interesting to see like these opter stats and pros on. Quite a few, I think, but I, you I, think, I, I don't feel like when I watch, I don't feel like if you look in terms of like his positioning and where others are in and around him, he mostly not like the ball away, don't he? He gives the ball away in silly areas. He, he did that a couple of times. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Norwich, um, you know, square pass, 
Yeah, and he didn't jump for the Reading goal, but we don't care about that. The Reading richest game. man in uh, the north of England. <laughs> Maybe we could get him on board. Never mind yeah. on pitch. Get him on the board. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, so Richard Keogh, um, do you know what? Like we said, off the field, if he's if he's all right, then, you know. Right, we have taken options on Bakuna, Mbenza, Vieco, and Critchlow. Um Bakuna and Mbenza, the big rumour is that, that we've taken the option to to sell them. Um, big risk because she could get lumbered with them for another 12 months. Um, thoughts on that, guys? If someone's lined up for them, then yeah, you know. But who, who's, if no, why would anybody want to buy them? I don't understand. We've been trying to get rid of them for our, what, last, there was a whole of season. So why would someone suddenly come in now? And I think they will. Bakuna's pod. Bakuna, I think they will. I agree, I yeah. I agree. Now. Oh. Anyone who sees that goal against Forest, thinking we've got a guy on, it depends what we want from him. But you know what, town are like they never get what they should do. A couple of digestives and a free bentos pie and get rid of him. Also, what, what would you want for him, Makuna? Makuna, yeah, just someone to pay his contract up. I'd get I'd send him for free. Just can't, I just can't do with him anymore. I, I were a massive advocate of Makuna. I thought he were. You know, I used to big him up and say there's a player in there, and I still think there is. But if you haven't got the desire and the heart to, to turn it on week in, week out, then you're no good to nobody. You know, strolling around and throwing a strop and just get this is this this is why he's gonna get a move, right? Because this is football nowadays, it, the scouting, etc. They'll look on kind of stats and stuff, and they'll see like these kind of flashes of brilliance <laughs> and what it'll bring it, and someone will think I can get a tune out of them, and they'll take a punt on them. Yeah. Because it, because he has, we've seen it, and I agree. Like, but both of them really, but especially Makuna, you know, in that that kind of position, as someone who will attack and and, and as a, I wouldn't say an eye for goal, but he's scored some kind of you know you know exciting goals. I think someone will take a punt on him. I do, and and it'd be unbelievable if we can get some money for him. It really will. Can I tell you what I'd do with Bakuna and Menza? Um, and I don't know if any other clubs would agree to this, but I'd even having renewed their contract would let them go on a free. But with some sort of sell-on clause, so potential both players could be a success wherever they go next. Kind of overseas might find themselves back, kind of in in countries that they're more familiar with. I don't know. And then within kind of one year, two years of whatever contract they sign, perhaps there's a little windfall for the field town in there as a result. That that's the way I would maybe try and structure the deal. But I don't know. Yeah, that would be. Benza was so disappointing though, wasn't it? Because obviously the Premier League, forget it, but. He was winning everyone over, wasn't he? Obviously, dead ball specialist, brilliant on that and showing a lot of quality. And I was thinking, here we go. This is, you know, a guy who's, oh, wow, he's, he's defied the critics. I remember, but it Neil that was said, he's going to be one person at the start of this season that we're, we've written off that'll come good. And there he was. Yeah. But since the new year, he's just gone back to plan to like the Ben Benzer last uh, Premier League. And it just, He's had he a lot really of injuries. Good. He's had a lot of injuries yeah. when he's played. His hamstrings and his groins have all been taped up with the uh, the blue. I can't remember what the tape's called. Pause. Uh, you know the um, is it Kenzo kinetic, Kenzo? kinetic tape. I think it is. You know, I think he's been a bit. But but he'll, at that he'll get point, a move for, like, you know. he'll get a move to France or somewhere. I'm, I'm sure. My partner yeah, would be the a lethal force. <laughs> okay, I think. Right, guys. So, uh, Critchlow, Vieco, I think is a good option. You know, I think we're all be thumbs up, won't we, with Vieco and, and Critchlow? I think we all think there's probably a player-ish there. We think with Roman, Roman and Critchlow, you know, a good, good option maybe. Uh, let's have a um, a very, very quick have a look. So, I have asked. Oh, there's quite a lot here. Um, what's going on with the retained list on YouTube? Um, 
Let's have a look. So El Bubio says Vaiko retained greatest news we've had in a while. Yep, I agree. Vaiko is a, a very good player. Uh, Terry seven and two says retained list spot on. Phil Bakuna and Benzo just funds on a resale. Uh, Phil Marston uh, says he's surprised we've returned retained Bakuna, but again, surely to get money for him, uh, which a lot. Uh, Dale Marston disappointed we've kept Bakuna and Benzo, but hoping they've retained to sold. So pretty much everybody's saying the same thing uh, here. Yeah, um, I signed the contract though, have I? Am I getting this mixed up? It's an the option. Bottom. So it's a club club option. So the club could extend the contract by one year if they chose. Uh, and, and they've, they've got no choice. The, play, the players could sit. No, no, it's in their contract. No, it's in the contract. Legal. Yeah. Okay. So I presume though, that that means um, that the, they can't change the term. So they'll be still earning what they were earning before. So Premier League wages. So, again, that indicates to me that somebody must be lined up because if they're on 30 grand a week, for example, or even 20, it's a lot of money for them to be not doing the right lot in it. So, it's good to see a little bit of love for Richard Stearman and people remembering that Richard Stearman had a couple of good games as well earlier on in the season, which is which is good. Um, Full Masters, Vico's class. Um, yeah, Dale says Bakun and Benzo highlight real players, great for YouTube clips, which could, like you say, Phil, be great for selling. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, Mike says he agrees with you as well. Side Bakuna, let him go with a fifty percent sell-on clause for for next to nothing, you know, um, <clears throat> which is a risk. So we're moving on to our very last section now, uh, which is pitching for the award. So next week we're going to have some fun and games with um, a little bit, maybe of a quiz and do some spoof awards uh, and uh, a couple of categories. So I thought what'd be quite good is if we very briefly g- give our uh, recommendations and, and what I'll do is I'll put these out to vote uh, either with Survey Monkey, which Neil always found amusing, or Google Forms or something over the course of the week, and we'll have a uh, an Andy takes that chance um, official Player of the Year, etc. Uh, so Player of the Season is obviously the first one that comes up. Uh, so I'll go first if you guys like. So for me, the likes of Toffolo and Karoma probably haven't quite played enough. So one man who has been pretty consistent the whole the whole season. Uh, he's adapted his game now to several managers. Uh, now Carlos Corbran talks highly of him, just like David Wagner did, just like Jan Ziva did, just like Danny Cowley, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and it, it, he always comes back and reinvents himself a little bit when other people write him off. Uh, and he's never won this award before. And I think this season is the time to give Jonathan Hogg the Player of the Season award, just because he's pretty much been the one who's been a bit of a constant the whole way through. Um, and I think he deserves it. So, any advancement on Jonathan Hogg from you guys? Kuroma gets it, mate. Yeah, yeah Kuroma, great, great, great throwing you. He's missed four months, but yeah, he is. Um, he's still he's still in Kuroma's right. been my list. <laughs> That's Cosy's pitch. Kuroma's <laughs> <laughs> been my list as well, player of the year, yeah. Um, top goal scorer. Um, I think kind of the contrast in how we perform with him, him in the team versus how we perform without him in the team it kind of looked like completely different football clubs and, and for that reason and a number of others that's where he gets my vote the contrast there you go Poz are you going Karoma as well? Karoma for me mate. I know he's missed a lot but he's still the best player we've had this year Phil? I like the Oggy shout I do I would have said Karoma but um, I think Oggy's been Mr. Consistent um, so I'll probably go Hog Okay. Uh, goal of the season um, again. So uh, I'll go first again and let you guys gather your thoughts if you like. So um, yes. Yeah, so Dwayne's goal against Swansea was a was a great strike. Um, but my favourite goal 
is Janino Bakuna at home to Derby, which was uh, played quite a lot on Quest and Sky Sports. It was the it was a window into what Carlos Corbran football. I'm, I'm not trying to use the word for Carlos Ball, but it was a great window into what could be the future for Huddersfield Town under Carlos Corbran, where Ben Hamer plays the ball to Nabisar. Nabisar plays it to Toffolo, Toffolo and Fraser Campbell and Bakuna do the little pirouettes and spins. And it's a, it's a brilliant counter-attack goal started from, from the keeper and finished by Janino Bakuna. And, you know, it's, it's from one end of the field to the other. And it was one of quite a few, but for me, that was my favourite goal because it was the first time where he thought, Do you know what, this football, if it clicks, could be great to watch going forward. And, and for me, that was my favourite goal. So, because he looks like he's going to fire in with one of his favourites. Just before I do that, just to say, um, I've kind of taken a similar sort of approach. That's why I've gone forward. Josh Cromer, when we're at home versus QPR, kind of picks the ball up kind of yeah. from, I mean, from the goalkeeper, side around half, travels the length of the pitch, pace, cuts inside the defender, and gets into the corner. And you're right, at that time, kind of just felt like things were clicking and crikey things unraveled quite quickly after that, didn't they? But um, hopefully there's more of that stuff for next season. So that's why I picked that one. You've articulated much better than I am. Oh, it's a great goal. Uh, anyone else want to go next? I'm saying I've, I've picked that exact goal, so I'll, I'll go with Sai. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go um, Laurent de Poitre against Man United when he just took, <laughs> <laughs> it the took left and pinged it. That one nice one. Um, I liked Benz's free kicks. I've enjoyed those this year. I think it's nice to see someone being able to actually take a set piece properly. Um, so any one of his free kicks really for me. Does, yeah, just same as you. The derby uh, goal, and I'm normally a guy who loves something going in off a post or thirty, yeah. thirty-five yards. But it would have kind of a, it was we would have almost like sold something that never got delivered, wasn't it? Really, and that as well. It were that if if you're Carlos Corbran and that right, Carlos, why should we keep you next season? I'd be like, right, guys, sit down, press play on on the DVD. Look at this. This is what I can deliver. That, but for me, that. Exactly what you said there, Matt. It's uh, poetry. What, what, music, what music would you put to it, Cosy, on that video? Celine Dion. What, what that derby game? Yeah, just yeah for for the performance. Would you? Because we, we once we once <laughs> got Vinger a video boys, up, up and down, up and down, Phil. Because obviously <laughs> they think they've stayed up, and EFL are going to screw them with six points, derby. So down, so up and down. <laughs> 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 I hope they do that, though. And that, that should happen. That How many times are we getting these points? Sorry, Matt, going on somewhere else. But right. next season on, next season minus six bollocks to that. It's happened this season. Get them down. Get Derby yeah, down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's happening. And all it feels like it's some of the stuff you're reading. Come on, get them down, man. John Percy reckons it'll be next season, but we'll we'll move on. Uh, um, breakout player of the season. So the player, you know, young player who's... Who, who's uh, you know, like when Phil Senior emerged from the... Uh, under Mick Wadsworth back in 2002. Best manager Towns ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll call this the Phil Senior Breakout Player of the Season <laughs> Award. Uh, for oh, me, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Josh Caroma, uh, for me, is my young, debate, young player of the year. Aaron Rose done great last few months, uh, but Josh Caroma, uh, considering where he was last year and to where he is now our best player, in my opinion, he is uh, my breakout player this year. He's been excellent. Any advances? He couldn't even get a game for Rotherham United. He yeah, could not exactly. get a start for Rotherham United. And we were begging for him to come back because if we won, then... And he's come back these last three games, probably about 40, 50, maybe 70% fit. And he's looked miles 
and away, our best attacking outlet. And the sky's the limit for this guy. And it's uh, it's amazing, man. And it late development and stuff. You don't normally see that, do we? We kind of write guys off, don't we? And uh, I'm just hoping with some of our younger guys who aren't kind of it like Karoma has, we can have a, a bounce on some of these guys next season. I mean, you know, come on. This is the man to follow. I, you know, I agree. And this is what worries me because, like, you like Sir Phillips. You know, you can see he had tons of confidence. And, and as he got the game time that he probably could have had this season, no. And uh, you, you can miss a trick. You know, look, at, yeah, we go back to it. Steady when he first started. Steady weren't the finished actor. We're nowhere near. It, we, we, we were just short on players. They weren't smashing it up in, in new team. Um, but he got a chance and he made the most of it. And these, these kids who will do that, Kroma, an obvious one, and I just, I just hope they do get the chances. I really do because we, we have got some talent in that, in that, uh, in the youth setup. Yeah, we said earlier Scott High maybe next year, and uh, there is a yeah, question yeah. from Dag Barn. It says, "Are you worried about the quality of some of the young players that have come through?" But I think when you look, you've got Ryan Schofield in goal, Romani Edmonds Green, um, Ben Jackson's done quite well for Bolton lately. Um, there's a couple. Um, who else yeah. has played? Um, Scott High's played. Kean Harris well, probably not had the. Not had the season we would have hoped, but yeah, Aaron Rowe. It's, it's all good, isn't it? So yeah. uh, so hopefully, but you can never tell with young players. It's just the chance they need. Uh, so I think we've we've all gone Josh Caroma on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, no, I've not. Man. Oh, I've here we go. Really, um, I, do you know what? I didn't even, and this is going to sound really bad, but I didn't even consider Caroma because... Because he's so good. You forget how young he is because of how good he is. But no, my, mine were a bit of a... Bit of a funny one. I'd gone for, for Scott High just because I've never seen anyone warm up so consistently and be so ready to come on at 70 minutes every week. So I've, I've been watching him on touchline warming up and I think he's I think he's done great. But no, seriously, uh, I, I, now you've all said Corona, I'll move to him. <laughs> you know what, though? If you'd have been doing it at Christmas, you'd have said Pippa, but Pippa's been getting a lot of stick on social media, but I think it's pr- brutal, really. He's not used to our league that much. He's, he's a tough school. He got injured and stuff. I, don't write Pippa off. I can't believe people that were having a go at him, man. Don't write the guy off. Don't worry, I've got, I've got this guy lined up in a minute. Uh, right, the game of the season, our best performance of the season. Um, anyone want to go first on this one? Shall I go first? You've all gone quiet. That, that one on this, you think, That's a curveball. <laughs> game of the season, a performance of the season or game of the season, I might have put in. The- I'll throw a Blackburn in because it just sticks out. Blackburn at home, we're now getting a couple of... A couple of goals. I think it was overall brilliant, but when he when he scored that winner, it kind of I think you said Cosy a few times. It was the only moment where everyone seems to be all together. You know, yeah. they all sort of pile on him in corner, and that that kind of sticks out as a decent game that I remember watching. It's got to be Swansea, Matt, hasn't it? I mean, which one? It, well, the home one. I think it just yeah. came out of nowhere, and we were sensational. But that first half, that I mean, they had a man sent off, didn't they? But I remember their commentators at the time saying, "We'll settle." They will settle to lose to the Matty Huddersfield Town have been garbage for four seasons. They'd settle for a 4-1 defeat, man. That is a good one. That was uh, my second, actually. Anyone, any others apart from Swansea at home? Where Dwayne absolutely ripped them to shreds, didn't he? I love that Middlesbrough game because I felt we played a good side then and, we, and we'd showed yeah, a lot of balls. We'd showed a lot of balls. Warnock got absolutely razzed, which were funny, but I just felt we, you know, we again... They came back and like kind of hit us, and we could have gone down again. It was false dawn, though, wasn't it? In that early part of the season, that that was giving me up that we could dream of seeing our team on that first bit at league table. You know, when it shows it on Sky, you're like, wow, we could be on it. And we were for a couple of weeks, but then we didn't. Uh, for me, the, the Swansea game was was a pretty much a good twenty minutes, and a little bit of it was a little 
so so but it was a good performance it's up there in my top few uh, but you know an outstanding 20 minutes I should say and, and a decent game but one game I thought we were excellent for 90 minutes when we went away to Millwall uh, Millwall I think if they'd have won they'd have gone into the top three or four uh, and we controlled them for 90 minutes and picked them off really expertly on the break with a couple of goals and winning 3-0 at Millwall I thought was an excellent result and that for me is my uh, my performance I'll tell you another one Matt Watford have absolutely bossed the league apart from Norwich. They've smashed everyone out of the park. They didn't beat smash us, mate, on that Christmas. And yeah, everything were about how bad they were and Dean didn't play, etc. And their manager got the sack. Mate, we, we took them to the cleaners that day, mate. We were good. We were comfortable against It's Watford, not been that man. bad, has it, this year? It's not been as bad as what maybe we think maybe the 2021 side of things not so good. But, you know, 2020, not bad. That's why I'll always argue because, yeah, three and 23 and everyone's been having the say and stuff. But it... It was good ish. I thought it was more good than bad until Christmas finished. Since that Saab, you know, goal against Blackburn, it went down and after that. But there was some real quality. You look back in your archives, but trouble is, everyone's like, it was garbage. It, no, it won. It was only garbage when we sung All Land Sign and Happy New Year and all that. It's been oh, garbage since then. It was good before. And we just can it be good again, man. Moment of the season, the best moment. I think, Paz, you've probably got that Nabisar goal against Blackburn, haven't you, for uh, oh, all day. the moment of the season? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Just for, just because for he's singing afterwards as well, to be fair. <laughs> Feliz um, Nabisar. Feliz Nabisar song. But yeah, that were, it was towards the back end, wasn't it? And he'd, he'd cropped up with goal and everyone sort of piled on. And it, it, again, I, I know I've just said it, but we kind of had that feeling of togetherness again that was suddenly coming through. And then, I don't know what happened over Christmas. Maybe there were a scrap at Christmas party or whatever, but <laughs> just seemed to disappear after that. It was weird. Uh, my moment of the season is River, River Island and Topman selling out a white chinos on the back of Carlos Mania. We've <laughs> gone for, for a novelty one there. Uh, the low point of the season. Um, oh, I think, oh, this this could be quite good, but uh, quite well. I've I've put here that how poor we became post January after the the injuries and some of the injuries were sad. I think the low point maybe. I think definitely the low point of the season is the Schindler injury and not being able to you know and COVID and not being able to say goodbye to a a club legend. Uh, for me, that is the the low point. Um, the defeat to Wickham, though, was a real, yeah. real, a real one. But losing 7-0 to Norwich on TV in the manner that we did, the worst defeat since losing 10-1 to Man City in 1987. Those were three moments I've picked out. But my, my low point of the season is definitely not being able to say goodbye to Christopher Schindler until I slide into his DMs on Instagram and he replies and says, well, come on to this podcast, of course. How about you guys? Oh, God. Yeah, go on. Norwich, I was going to say Norwich 7 0 on TV, never a great look, is it? So that will mind well point. I, I just I just think obviously after Christmas, it, it's just been tough, hasn't it? You know, lockdown and then just poor performance after poor performance. It's not even like we've been in a game and, and, and like had that kind of it would just it's just been it's been hard to watch. I mean, God, last week, you know, Reading game, I, I've, I've never seen Chef Wednesday play as much. Do you know what I mean? I watched half of their game. It's, it, it was just the fact that we've just gone from, like Cosy said earlier, before Christmas, it was brilliant. You know, it was it nice to watch. We were enjoying it. There were loads of positive things, you know, Chroma, etc. and Benza. And then it, for me, the negative really is just this second half of the season has been really difficult to, to go through, to be honest. I think the Norwich game for me, just for a strange kind of slant on it, really. We were 7-0 that Bakuna's got that armband on a guy to me who doesn't epitomise anything we other shut town. No leadership, you know, doing his own thing, does what he wants. He was embarrassing and, and 
I remember at half time thinking I would if you someone had said to me give us seven because we were five down obviously I'd have took that and that that's as low as it get when you're quite happy well not satisfied but you come <laughs> the game ends seven nil and it were live on Sky the number of people like what's up gone wrong with your club are like where do you start but it's like I think Wickham's definitely there, Matt, because but then they were proven. If you look at their they running after, they were really good, Matt. But, yeah, they weren't that bad. Yeah, at the time, it's like... yeah it, you don't get any lower than that. 7-0 uh, defeat on national TV, man. Terrible. The last one is the signing of the season. Uh, the best signing this season. I'm going to go for Pippa. Um, I thought it became jaded. You know, he's never played this amount of games before in a season. He's playing for Spain under 21s. He's going to the... Spanish Euros as well. You know, he came in for approximately around half a million is the, the rumoured amount. Um, excellent signing. Credit to the people that brought him in. Uh, 100% on that one. Uh, you know, really decent signing. Um, and I think he showed in the first half of the season what a good player he is. You know, it's the, like I said, it's the most he's ever played before in his, in his career and he's been playing injured for months as well. You know, um, for me, Pippa, hands down, the best signing. Uh, Carol Iting's up there as well, decent as well. And you can maybe argue for another one. But for me, Pippa is the best signing we made this, this season. How about you? To me, it's not to do with football. It's that commercial man. Thank God he came in because we were a shambles before and he's, he's got us a sponsor front and back. So to me, it's not on the pitch. It's off the pitch, mate. That probably only decent positive that we've had off the pitch, mate, that. Do you want another positive? My mates just sent me a message. Colin Kwan has just got an equaliser for St. Mirren to make it. Yeah, Colin. Go on, Colin. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> Chef Cock. What a legend. <laughs> I think, I think, Aaron, Aaron I Rose, think. sorry, Aaron Rose, uh, a guy who's given me a lot of art because all you want as a little town place to see guys care and have a go. Have a go, man. Because players look haunted at town like they don't want to pass and, and stuff. Certainly pro past January but Aaron Rowe were different man and I loved when when he got when he got ball I can't kind of get a buzz and after the yeah. time he played all over the place but there's so much to build on there if I, I'd be excited when we do his pre-season next season this is a guy who I I'm really hoping that can have a big breakthrough 21-22 season I think he can man and stop Aaron Rowe big positive mate I love what he brings to yeah, it us sound. just stop playing him foot right back Carlos and let him let him loose on that wing yeah definitely mate you wouldn't want to mark him would you no. uh, signings guys uh, Phil you say Carol Iting as, uh, as the best one I think so I think it were I think it were quite key for us to be honest we needed that creativity and you could see straight away as soon as he came on the pitch the, 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 the passes the, the, the creative play going forward um, and I think players just bounced off it. And, and I think he, he, he got better and better. He did obviously get tired and, and obviously the injury killed him kind of thing. But it was nice. It was less pressure on Oggy. could play his own game, pick up the ball. And I think Vallejo as well. I think he was a really good signing. I think he's been able to fit into the midfield and in a back three as well. I'd have him in the middle of a back three. I'm not sure about playing him on the right side of a back three. Um, I say, Phil, how good were he when he drove his car down outside he parked up, mate, got, got out of his... Car with his town bag and uh... what a player, what a player, what a player. It's supermarket as well. Spent a bit of time in the supermarket, didn't it? Um, oh, what a player, yeah. What a yeah. video announcement! Brilliant, mate. Great announcement from the club on the Twitter. Umar, you'll go down in history, mate. The man that never was. Um, Shame, isn't it? Really. Pause, Sai. Who's your uh, signing of the season? Any. Any advance on what we've had? Let me go with Pippa for reasons Pereira, Pereira. <laughs> me as well. Pippa as well. Okay, excellent. That's the 
That's the last one. I love uh, Violet. He was brilliant, mate, wasn't it? Awesome, man. What a signing. Up the town. Uh, just, uh, just glancing over at uh, YouTube, you know, it's, it's starting to simmer on there now. Um, some people say the best performance, not Notts Forest. Not, not, you can't say Notts Forest down there, can you? Nottingham Forest at home. Uh, Kieran yeah. Clark's one's at home. Uh, some people are saying Fraser Campbell's uh, scissor kick against Forest should be uh, in the uh, top few goals. You know, that was a great goal as well. Um and yeah, a couple of people saying Hoggy for Player of the Year, and um, Jonathan Dennis says all the penalty. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I've remembered a moment of the season, man. We've missed it. Phyllis Nabisar, are you going to sing us out? No, no. Town v Forest, and it won't Campbell. There were an incident, mate, and it was beautiful to see, wasn't it? I know it won't football, but it was beautiful to see, and it's <laughs> similar for two, three years, and it Jonathan Hogg. Do you remember when he steamed uh, in? And Harry Arthur. Arthur. Beautiful scenes that mate, wasn't it? Wasn't that brilliant? He did leather him, didn't he? He's, there's a couple of times he's got. It seems to be a bit of an issue there, doesn't there? But good. <laughs> yeah. I hope he plays against him again. <laughs> uh, is that it, guys? Are we all? Are we all good? All good to finish now? Any other match next week, can it? We have got a game. We're two unbeaten and all. We've got to build on that, guys. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, so join us next week for some fun. What are we going to do without Scouse I follow, man? Yeah, the passion. The goals. <laughs> yeah, we're never again, mate, because we're back in stadium. Up your Scouse I follow. We're back. <laughs> we don't want you anymore, mate. And anyone who got delayed the season ticket, they still got to watch I follow, man. Scouse, we're not bothered. You're not back on our screens, mate, because we're back in the ground, up the town, down there, I follow. So we all just finish up there. for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, just go get a drink. Um, we'll yeah. all just slope off and carry on. <laughs> yes, yeah, so join us next week for some uh, fun and frivolity. Uh, there'll be some spoof awards like we've just done and some uh, return of the infamous Whopper Del Rey. Uh, we'll leave you with uh, a couple of more pictures from some of our other contributors uh from the uh from the podcast uh and uh, hopefully see you guys next week thanks for jo- was that bad so let's just look forward to the next game so player of the season for me i'm going for jonathan hogg there's a few contenders and i think josh groom is in with a strong shout for his goals lisa bryan's finished the season really strongly but hoggy has just been consistently good all season he's got them playing uh i think he he deserves to win it this year the goal of the season, I'm going for the 11-man goal scored away to Millwall on the 31st of October. Every single outfield player touched it in the build-up and before Adama Diakabi put it back across the box for Josh Karoma to score. I thought it was everything Carlos Colbran wanted his team to be. I think it's easy for the breakthrough player of the season. It's Josh Karoma by a mile. I think people now are used to the fact that he is a goal-scoring player, that he is a massive threat up front. But it's easy to forget that last summer, he wasn't even necessarily in Carlos Corbran's first 11. It's been a huge season for him.
game of the season is very difficult because it's uh, it's hard to think back to the good old days, isn't it, when Town were actually winning games. But I think I'm going to have to go for the 2-0 win over Watford. They were one of the division's top teams. And just before Christmas, it was when Town were at their, their highest in terms of confidence and such a big result. Moments of the season's a, a difficult one. Um, again, it's it's hard to think of a, a positive moment, but one that springs to mind is Naby Sarr's last-minute winner against Blackburn. He'd obviously scored earlier in the game, and I don't think anyone expected him to be in that position, and for him to get onto that ball over the top and finish it like a striker was lovely. Low of the season. I think, obviously, people will point to the 7-0 against Norwich, and... There's a couple of injuries that stand out, Karoma and especially Schindler. Um, but for me, it's the the 5-2 away to Blackburn. I thought that was as bad as anything we saw this season and just a, a tactical mess. Signing of the season, there's been a few good ones. I think Carol Eiting was a great acquisition and Alex Vallejo turned into a really good player as well. But it's hard to look past Pippa. He was signed for something in the region of half a million pounds and has instantly solved what was Town's weakest position last season. He's been a great buy. Hello, David Hartrick here from the other podcast. Uh, player of the season for me, I think it's Jonathan Hogg. And I think uh, he's the only player who has managed a level of consistency over the season. He's dropped off at the back end, but really it's who's had the best spell for the longest this season. Um, and I would have to say Hogg. My goal of the season uh, was Carol Eiting's header against Luton Town. Uh, it was a move that started from the uh, started from the goalkeeper. And the reason I like that goal so much is because it's perhaps the only time this season they've really cut through the middle of the pitch. O'Brien carrying it forward, couple of really incisive passes and then shifting it wide at the right time. And Iting sort of arriving almost skulls-like with the header, um, which was a great header back across as well. So breakthrough player of the season for me has to be Aaron Rowe. Um, I don't think there's much competition for that, if I'm brutally honest with you. I think Ryan Schofield we, we knew about and you can't really class him as a breakthrough. So I think Rowe, we've not seen his very best yet. I think there's more to come, but looked very very promising at the end of the season uh game of the season for me uh is a difficult one because i don't think there's been a, a great many to shout about I, I think if i had to be pushed for one i might actually weirdly go for the one nil away win at qpr just because uh i think it was an almost near perfect away performance um and it came at a time when town desperately needed three points as well there's not been an awful lot in terms of like really big spectacular end-to-end games to pick from, to be brutally honest with you. So maybe I'd go for that just as, as close as a, a, a as we've come to a game where you could see a plan enacted from the first minute to the last minute. Uh, moment of the season, I think probably the entire second half against Swansea, just coming out the blue like it did, particularly Holmes' absolute barnstormer from 25 yards the one that uh, bubbled up and he caught it lovely. I think nobody was really expecting that and it just came out of the blue after two very bad defeats. Um, it was just a shame they followed that game with two even worse defeats, to be brutally honest with you. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a really good Saturday afternoon. Low of the season for me, I spoke about it on the other podcast, 
that 3-0 defeat to Preston um, a few days after the desperate 2-0 defeat to Derby, for me, there's been the Norwich 7-0, the Blackburn 5-2, the Bournemouth 5-0, the Wickham 3-2. But that Preston game, was they were defeated before they'd even kicked the ball. I thought it was absolutely terrible. Worst they've been all season. And... That was the game that marked the switch to them going to something more pragmatic to try and get over the line. And I'm not really surprised because they were pretty universally terrible in that game. Signing of the season. I think there's there's a couple of contenders here, which is actually quite nice um, in a season of, of that's been relatively disappointing. I think Alex Vallejo is, is a proper footballer and I'm very, very pleased he's here for another year. Um... But I think you'd have to give it in to Pippa, who has has he's not played his best football at the back end of the season, and he's played injured for a long time. But there was a couple of months at the start of the season where Town were playing really, really well, and it's no coincidence that that's when Pippa and Toffolo were playing their best football as well. Hey up, everyone! This is Graham Rayner, um, local stand-up comedian and long-suffering Town fan. My player of the season is without a doubt Jonathan Hogg. Um, I'm a bit impressed with how he continues to reinvent himself under the succession of different managers. He's like our version of Kylie Minogue with a, a new look for every season. Um, looking forward to next year seeing him in some gold lame hot pants. Um, and he's the last man standing from our promotion winning team uh, now that Shindy's gone. So he, for me, is is the main man at the moment and uh, a lot of respect for him. So well done, Hoggy. This is Graham Rayner again with my goal of the season choice. Um, and I'm actually going to say Dwayne Holmes' uh, worldy against Swansea. I say worldy. Um, the ball took a bobble. It was probably um, destined to be uh, a, a really soft shot into the keeper's arms. But somehow that bobble turned it into an absolutely quality goal and gave us the false hope that Dwayne Holmes might actually emerge to be a great signing, uh, having joined us back in January again for a second spell at the club. Um and how wrong we were. So that goal is is a, a, a bitter, bittersweet goal, but it was a, it was an absolute quality goal to watch on the day. Uh, my vote for breakthrough player of the season, um, I would say Aaron Rowe. I think Aaron Rowe's done a lot, but when you think about it, actually, Josh Caroma has to be considered a breakthrough. He's not really done anything before this season in the first team, and I do think that had we had him fit for the whole season, we would have been further up the table. He's emerging to be a real talent and actually looks to have a little bit more in his locker than Carl and Grant did, who, when Carl and Grant really had one trick, cut inside and shoot. Karoma looks like he's got a bit more going for him, so hope we can keep hold of him and hope we can build on it next year. Uh, my game of the season would be the 3-2 win at home to Borough. To go behind early doors and then get back in front and then have Borough equalise with about eight minutes to go, I think we all probably thought that We'd lost yet another lead. And this season, let's face it, we've lost more leads than Stevie Wonder running a dog-walking club. Um, but uh, to get a late winner like the, the way we did, was it showed real grit and, and character that's been sorely lacking throughout the season, really. So probably that one for me. Uh, my moment of the season, um, probably um, Umar Niasse. Uh, it's a combination of moments, but signing for the club and then crippling himself to the point of apparently retiring now. In a, pre, in, a, in a midweek friendly is if you had to sum up Town's dealings in the transfer market and the way they've handled their players this season, it would be that, wouldn't it? Uh, so, as silly as it sounds, my moment of the season is Umar Niasse never playing for the club. Uh, so thanks for everything, Umar. Thank you. Low point of the season, so many to choose from. We've not really had many highs, but I would have to say, on reflection, it's the fact that Christopher Schindler has now left the club. 
Um, each home game, when we were allowed fans in, I would turn to my 11-year-old son and say, you know I'd leave your mother for him, don't you, son? And he would look back at me, roll his eyes and say, yes, Dad, I do. And I don't think any of the current squad or anyone we're likely to sign will ever fill that void, frankly. Um, goodbye, Shindy. Thanks for everything. Graham Rayner with my signing of the season. I mean, if anyone says anything other than Pippa, they are having a laugh, aren't they? Um, because none of the other signings have really worked out. Jason Lutweiler's looked really good sat on the bench, though. Um, but no, I think um, Pippa has shown moments of real brilliance, um, a beard beyond his years, um, and, and he's a real prospect for the future. Everyone else we've signed, really? Blech. Yeah, what's the point? Um, but mind you, we have got 15 strikers now, so that's good. Hello everyone, it's Ollie, probably known by now as the protagonist of Sweargate and very occasional Takes That Chance podcast appearance maker. Um, but yeah, going to go through some of my moments of the season, not that there's too much to pick from really on the positive front because it's certainly been a bit of a uh, a bit of a difficult one. Um, but we'll start with player of the season. Um Again, this is quite a tough choice. Uh, there's been a few players who've been good in patches, but not many who've been consistent. I've actually gone for a player who only played 20 times this season in Josh Caroma, but he's got eight goals, two assists as well, so 10, 10 goal involvements in those 20 appearances. And honestly, without his early season goals, I feel like uh, we'd have really struggled this season. You know, we had the momentum up until Christmas and it was in large part down to him. Uh, scored a lot of winners, etc. Um, and yeah, we really missed him in the second half of the season. The goal threat seemed to vanish. So uh, it's, it's got to be JK. Honourable mentions, I suppose, for how Lewis O'Brien ended the season. Toffolo was unlucky with injury. Um, but apart from that, you're kind of clutching at straws. Goal of the season is probably a fairly straightforward one for me. Um, it has to be Dwayne Holmes's against Swansea. Um, you know that was a that was a one of the more memorable matches of the season because of the result. And I know people will say that the ball set up nicely for him to strike it, but I don't care. That was just an absolutely phenomenal goal, swerved away right into the top corner. Um, just fantastic. And yeah, it's a shame that he wasn't able to really contribute anything after that. But can't take that goal away from him. My breakthrough player of the season is Josh Caroma as well. I think it would be wrong not to name him. As I say, you know his goal contributions, particularly in the first half of the season, were incredibly important. Um, but if I had to name another, I would I would potentially say Aaron Rowe. Um, he looked good in in glimpses uh, and showed his ability to play um, on either flank as the wing back. Um, and I guess aside from that. Struggling to name any young players who really asserted themselves in the team. Game of the season for me has to be the 4-1 home win against Swansea. I think that was just the game where everything clicked. You know, we'd beaten them earlier in the season, weren't expecting it to be quite so easy at home, but we completely overran them in midfield. I think that's probably one of the few games that Carlos has got right uh, tactically. And it looked like we could have scored six or seven um, in, in that particular game. So yeah, it, it has to be that for sheer dominance of the performance. I think for low of the season, a lot of people are going to go with that humiliation that we got from Norwich live on Sky. Uh, but for me, I'm going to try and be a bit different and say the 3-2 home defeat to Wickham. You know, Wickham were comfortably the worst championship team at the time that they came to us. Uh, they were on course to be the worst championship team ever, statistically, at that point. They came to our place and uh, we went 2-0 up and it really seemed like it was going to be a stroll in the park. But the complete capitulation in the second half of that game 
uh, was a pretty damning and also fitting indictment of how you know negative this season has been. So I'd say that that was that was a shocking day. The signing of the season for me um, is between two players. One of them is Carol Lighting, who I would have gone for had he managed to stay fit for a bit longer, but obviously had that bad knee injury. Uh, and for that reason, um, I'm going to have to go with Alex Vallejo, um, another player who has struggled with injuries, but I'm I'm putting him there because obviously he was a free agent and not many people expected an awful lot from him. But both playing as a six and playing in the back three, um, I think we've seen some real quality from him. And the hope is that you know next season he can kick on, stay healthy, and we've got a player there who's really versatile and, and just looks a cut above anything we have in that area. Moment of the season's another tough one to pick. Uh, there's certainly been a lot more bad than good. Um, but I guess honourable mentions go to Karoma's late winner in that 3-2 win over Middlesbrough. That was a pretty good one. Um, maybe Naby Sarr's late winner against Blackburn as well when it looked like we'd thrown that away. Uh, but I'm going to go with Bakuna's goal against Nottingham Forest away because I feel like uh, Forest away when we won 2-0 was the game that really ensured our survival, to be honest. And when he... Went on that break and thumped it into the top corner. You could just feel the outpouring of emotion when it hit the back of the net, uh, as if to say, that's it, that might that might be us done. So after a season of stress, it was probably that one moment of brilliance that just about perhaps give us the inkling that we're good enough to stay up. It's Josh Phillips here. My player of the season is Jonathan Hogg because he's proved a lot of people, including myself, wrong this season. Uh, there were question marks over him at the start of the season, but he's adapted his game and showed he's not just a destroyer. And he was pivotal in the first half of the season when we had our best form. And of the nine games he wasn't in the squad, we didn't win any of those matches, which tells its own story. And my goal of the season was Janino Bakuna's effort at home to Derby County in a 1-0 win. I really like this goal because it started right at the back with Naby Sarr playing it out to Toffolo and then Toffolo linking with Bakuna. The movement off the ball was great. And it's what I want to see from a town team, really, typified in a goal. And for my breakthrough player of the season, there were a few candidates. I like what I've seen from Scott High. Romani Edmonds-Greens impressed me. But I think Aaron Rowe is the one for me. He looks really exciting prospect. He's not afraid to take people on. And he's got a shot on him, as we saw against Plymouth. So I think he's going to have a really bright future at the club, whether it's right back or on the wing. From a town point of view, I'd say the game of the season was the 3-0 win away at Millwall. But I've actually gone for a game that we lost as our game of the season. Uh, the 4-3 defeat at Stoke City. Um, obviously plenty of goals, plenty of excitement and that was a game that you just could not take your eyes off for one minute. A moment of the season is a tricky one because we weren't in the grounds but the most excited I got at home sitting in front of a laptop was at home to Blackburn on the 29th of December when Naby Sarr put one in the top corner in the last minute for a win over Blackburn. That was There were some scenes in my living room after that. Unfortunately, quite a few candidates for the low of the season Um Obviously, the 7-0 at Norwich is a standout, but for me, the 3-0 loss at Preston was a really weak and limp performance from town, and it was really difficult to watch. And Preston don't have the calibre of players that Norwich have got, which made it even more difficult. And for my signing of the season, it was a toss-up between Pippa and Carol Iting, uh, but I've opted for Iting because he's given us something different this season. Someone in the middle of the pitch who can really control the game, pick a pass, and I think it'd be a big miss if we can't get him back for next season. Shame about his injuries this season, though. Hi, it's Brady. I'm sure you're doing a stellar job in my absence on the podcast. Uh, anyway, so my player of the season is Jonathan Hogg. Um, it probably would have been Josh Caroma if he didn't get the injury, but I think 
Hogg, we needed Hogg's experience at times, and um, when Corbin came in, I, I actually thought he'd be a player that really struggled in the system when he's he's made uh, made some great improvements. So yeah, Jonathan Hogg, breakthrough player, uh, probably has to be Karoma. No one expected him to come back from Rotherham and make the impact that he did, and we've we've needed him, you know, and he's a young player. Um, if that doesn't work, Matt, Aaron Rowe's pretty good, made great improvements. So uh, yeah, but probably Karoma. Goal this season, um, Technique-wise, I'd probably say Bakuna's goal at home to Derby just because that was a rare glimpse of Carlos' ball. Um, we'd seen that a couple of times, passing it out from the keeper, several passes and, and finishing it. But um, I think just to win a match from a moment of quality, you know, that that's what kind of takes it for me. Although Campbell's um, scissor kick finish against uh, Forrest was pretty good too. Game of the season, I think it probably has to be um, the 3-0 away win against Millwall. Um like again, felt like a bit of a complete performance, you know, not really seeing it in the second half of the season and um again it came like you know, in October, still a new manager and it, it was just um I think that was the game of the season. Uh moment of the season, I think it's probably that ten minute blitz where we scored three goals against Swansea. Um where the hell did that come from? But um sorely needed and um would prove a vital victory in us staying up, wouldn't it? So, uh, yeah. Low of the season, there's quite a few to pick from. Uh, I'm probably going to go for the 0-0 home draw against Rotherham. Um, just because they were below us, we needed to win, and Town were absolutely woeful. And um, if Rotherham could have finished, uh, they would have comfortably beaten us. Signing of the season. So, um, I for Graham's thing, I'd actually gone for Carol Lighting, just because it's no coincidence that our best film of the season came when he was scoring goals and playing well. Um, but I think you've probably... I'm going to change my mind here. I think you've probably got to go for Pippa. Um, 500k, rumoured fee, and for a recruitment team that's heavily criticised. Um, yeah, you might caveat that is Carlos's choice, but I think, you know, he has been, he's been a great player, and uh, I imagine we will probably sell him on for a lot more at some point in the future. So yeah, that is my picks. Oh, what a night Late in May in 2017 Shinder scored, it was a happy dream What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League The greatest sight in Georgia Square did see What an evening, what a night Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walked And a fan Commentator yelled, he takes that chance Oh, what a night so save him, mesmerising me Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh, what a night Oh, I Got a funny feeling when he walked an fence and then the commentator yelled, he takes our chance. 
Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 